And now, introducing the man who was disappointed to see they'd built an outfield wall at the Field of Dreams Stadium for tonight's game, as while he understood that Shoeless Joe's been given a lifetime ban, he still thought, quote, these security measures seem just a tad bit extreme, unquote. Without acknowledging that there was a second and third step to his plan, he went ahead and got the Mike Tyson face tattoo, which perplexed friends and family, but little did they know he planned to take acting classes and officially take hold of the Mike Tyson entertainment market so long as Jamie Foxx doesn't get in the way. He is Glenn Clark. Good morning. It is a Thursday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. I am Glenn Clark. He is Kyle Ottenheimer. Young Jack, of course, is here as well. The penultimate day for Young Jack before he uh, goes into the cornfield himself. Yep. Uh, never That's to where be he seen. came from. That's exactly right. One day we just walked, looked out. We're like, what? Is that a fella out there in the corn? So you're going to need to dress a little bit more modern. So yeah. Provide the wardrobe. Correct. Yeah. We did. And, you know, we will miss him for sure, but that's the way it goes. When when your internship ends, you wander back into the cornfield, never to be heard from again. And we'll talk to James Earl Jones and get another, you know? That's, we'll do our best. Yeah. We'll see if we can't. Uh, How's he doing? Is he doing well? I mean, I think I haven't heard that he's doing poorly, yeah, you know? That's the thing. I have not, I'm not familiar with Is this dude vo- any... still voice acting, you know? I'd like to hope that he is, but I don't, I don't know that. I just got to be honest with you. I don't know that. Hey, Jack, get on that. Is yeah. James Earl Jones yeah, get, still voice get us, acting? Get us some answers about those things. Those are important. Do you know who James Earl Jones is, Jack? Um, Turn his mic on, yeah. Yeah, I do know who he is. Okay. Yeah, I do. You okay. sure? A bit of a pause, yeah, seemed, uh, no, he's in the Sandlot. He is. He is, yeah, in, he is in the Sandlot. Yeah. That is true. So that's maybe I do love I the fact him. that's what you know him yeah, from, correct. too, by the way. That makes he's in an happy. episode of Two and a Half Men. I know that. <laughs> okay. Oh, God. You just ruined it all. steep cliff and just jumped right off it. Everything was going well right up until that moment. Um, so this is something that I don't think I've ever done before. By the way, today's show is uh, brought to you by the Purple Takeover, which is coming to the Maryland State Fair, which is coming in like literally days. You can meet 10 former, future, and current Baltimore football stars, including Hall of Famer Lenny Moore, Hollywood Brown, Ronnie Stanley, Adafe Owe, Ben Cleveland, and more. Individual picture and autograph tickets are available, or you can get uh, pictures and autographs with all 10 players for just $350. It's one package, $350 for everybody, and that is an insanely good deal if you know this business. Get your tickets for the Purple Takeover now by going to great8smemorabilia.com. That's the word great, the number eight, the letter S, memorabilia.com. Coming up a little bit later on, we're going to make our weekly trip to Bowie. We will chat with uh, Bay Sox pitcher, Orioles prospect Blaine Knight, the former Arkansas Razorback. We will also uh, catch up with Drew Forrester and Joel Corey from CBS Sports, former NFL agent, now salary cap expert, is going to join us a little bit later on in the program as well. That's all coming up. I don't think I've ever done this before, but uh, Kyle, I'm going to spring something on you. You have no idea what's about to happen, and I like it that way. You've done this quite a bit, actually. No, this is forms, particularly like... unique, what we're about to do. The okay. first thing you're going to do is you're going to call this number that I've written out. When you call it, because here's the thing. Not only do you not know what's going on, the person that you're calling doesn't know that we're calling. Well, this is good. And they may or may not answer. I don't know if they're going to answer. That's if they don't, how that works. If they don't, no problem. We're just going to push forward. Is it Mort Krim? It's not Mort Krim. I wish it. I, whatever happened to that? I hope he's okay. That was your birthday present I one know, year, and it never it never came to fruition. I just hope he's healthy and good. You know, he had a well, medical think, emergency that morning. And I he think was maybe at, the at some point we could check in with Mort again. Hang on now, hang on a second. Okay. All right. When you call, yeah. If someone answers, you're gonna say 
hi, it's Kyle Ottenheimer. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I'm calling you, okay. but Glenn wanted to know if you would come on the show really quickly so I can do something for you. Am I t- Okay. All right? I might understand he'll know who I am. Oh, he'll know who you are, yes. This person will know who That's you are. That's a short list. Oh, you don't know that. There's a... <laughs> I don't know if you heard. There's a there's an incident that happened in Sheboygan recently, uh, and true. Well, I did have a part in that. Yeah. <laughs> they kind of hate you over that. So you're gonna call. You're okay. gonna say hi. It's Kyle Ottenheimer. I don't know why I'm calling, but Glenn Clark wanted to know if you could come on the show for just a second so I could do something for you. Okay. okay? All right. Should I keep we'll my mic on. Ah, uh, you know, I think I would like that. Yes, I think okay. I would like it if you kept your mic on to see how this goes. Now, again, I this person made a request. I don't know if they're actually going to answer because I just don't know what their mornings look like. Mm-hmm. They're they're busy. They're this is this is a an accomplished person. This is someone of significance, if you will. This is someone who uh. no. Hmm. 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 That's that's a bummer. Let me send one message. Okay. Hang on a second. I'm int- I'm I'm intrigued, confused. Uh, I would say in the world, in the words of Dale well, you're Gribble, a, you're a performer, right? Like you think yourself a bit of a a, a performer, a thespian, if you will. Well, I know of myself to be. Yeah, a yeah you you're a, you're a man that uh, that believes. I played Iago at Broadway. At, at Broadway? It was Broadway Street. Okay, now wait a second. That's still something. Yeah. That's 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 closer than I've been. Yeah. It Wait. was no, I mean like in Baltimore, Broadway. Right, I understand yeah, that. Yeah. That's still that's still all right. Yeah, it was hang, good. hang on a second. I think I think this person what's the it's uh, three You're just wanna say the number one? Yeah, I I think it was good. <laughs> I think we're good. Uh this person I believe is going to call. I believe this person's going to call us uh call in Very for a confused. second. Oh, I know you are, but yeah. don't worry. I think you're gonna I think this is gonna prove to be right up your alley. See, see, just say, under, understand, you don't Glenn know who Clark it is. Radio? D- don't, don't, don't tell me who you are. Yeah, thank I, you. I, 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 this is Kyle Ottenheimer. Glenn yep. told me to call you. I don't know why. Yep. But I'm going to patch you through so that I can do something for you. Yeah. All right. All right. Do you know who it is? Do you know who it is? The voice sounded familiar. I, I bet it did. I bet the voice sounded quite familiar. But no. You don't know who it is. All right. I got a request last night. From the person who's joining us right now, our friend, and your friend, friend of all here in town, from ABC2, Jamie Costello. Oh, my guy. Made a request of you for today. So patch Jamie through if you don't mind. We're going to say hello. Love Jamie Costello. Joining us now. Hello. Hello. What's up, Jamie? Kyle. How you doing, buddy? How are you? Very good. I thank you very much for taking requests. Jamie, hey. t- tonight, of course, I I is, is, is the Field of Dreams game, which I'm yeah. very excited for. And I'm not even a yes. Field of Dreams guy. I, I'm so, this looks amazing. Everything about this baseball game looks incredible. Except for the wall. What are we doing with a wall? <laughs> you made a request. Can you share the request that you made of one Kyle Ottenheimer for today? With working with Kyle for several how many days did you work at Channel 2? <laughs> um, it was like 35. I think it was like 36 or so. Yeah. I'm sorry. Hours wise. I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, I kept hearing his voice, and I'm going, oh, my God. So I went to my desk, and I printed out he did do this. what James Earl Jones said on the field, the field of dreams. And I brought it to Kyle, and I said, Kyle, would you read this for us? And he did it. And I'm telling you, it stuck with me to this day. And I, and I hit Glenn up. I hit you up last night. I said, please, 
let him read the, the passage, the great passage, where he goes, oh, yeah, Ray, they will come. <laughs> so, so that's why I, I want to hear it I do remember one this. more time. That's so, again, question, we're, putting, Field of Dreams game. we're putting Kyle a little bit on the spot here, but I think that he's going to be able to handle it quite sure. well. I know him to be a performer. I know him to be a man who does his best when the lights are the brightest. Thank you. Except this for when we made Kyle. the lights really bright in here, then we had to put a thing over the, the, the cover because they were too bright. So I'll, I'll handle the mark part, right, because like, that's easy. I'll handle that. You handle the James Earl Jones part of this. Will you do the – Jamie Costello is your audience. I want to sure. make this very clear. Legendary no, Baltimore guy. broadcaster. Truly love him. An icon in this city. I don't know Jamie who Costello love him. Yeah. is I, I, your – I want to cry. Oh, <laughs> Jamie, you know, you know we love you. All right, so let's see. Jamie, you don't, you, you don't want to do the Mark part, but you don't know the Mark part by chance that you would prefer to do it because I'd love to have you do that. Who, me? Yeah, you. <laughs> That's fine. I'll, no, I'll, no, do, no, it. No. I'll do, do it. I'll do it. You it's do fine. the mark. Right. No, no. Right. I, I'm, I'll do I'm it. in the audience right All now. All right, very good. Here we go. Ahead of the Field of Dreams game tonight in Iowa, Yankees and White Sox, I give you Kyle Ottenheimer performing as James Earl Jones. Ray. People will come, Ray. They'll come to <laughs> Iowa for reasons they can't even fathom. They'll turn up in your driveway not knowing for sure what they're doing. They'll arrive at your door as innocent as children, longing for the past. Of course, we won't mind if you look around, you'll say. It's only $20 per person. They'll pass over the money without even thinking about it. For it is the money they have and peace they lack. Ray, just sign the papers. And they'll walk out to the bleachers and sit in shirt sleeves on a perfect afternoon. They'll find they have reserved seats somewhere along one of the baselines where they sat when they were children and cheered their heroes. And they'll watch the game, and it'll be as if they dip themselves in magic waters. The memories will be so thick, they'll have to brush them away from their faces. Ray, when the bank opens in the morning, they'll foreclose. People will come, Ray. You're broke, Ray. You sell now or you lose everything. The one constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. America has rolled by like an army of steamrollers. It's been erased like a blackboard, rebuilt, and erased again. But baseball has marked the time. This field, this game, it's a part of our past, Ray. It reminds us that all what once was good, and it could be again. Oh, people will come, Ray. People will most definitely come. Oh, oh. I'm, I'm crying over here. <laughs> Kyle, you want to have a catch? Yes, oh, please. That, that was great. <laughs> well, damn Love done, it. pal. Yeah. Well that was for you, Jamie. Oh, I'm just, I didn't know the kids were there. I hope they heard it. <laughs> oh, that was great. That oh. was great. I, just, I was just watching MLB, and Costner walked onto the field, uh, the, the field that they built, and he had to turn away from the camera and took his glasses off. And, oh, I, I saw that. Of, yeah, I that saw that. Great, That's really it? cool. That's really, really cool. That is well, so you made stuff. my day, guys. Oh. Jamie, J- Jamie Costell, I want you to know anytime, literally yeah. anytime you have a request for you, anything, my friend. That's, don't, uh, don't, say that's, that. I'll, don't open the door like that. <laughs> I'll read the dictionary if you want. <laughs> How you doing, buddy? <laughs> everything, everything good in your world? Yes, sir. Thank you. I hope everybody – how's your dad doing? My dad's great. Um, you know, he's in – I don't know if you've seen him. He's in unbelievable shape. I, I went down recently with him. We went down to Georgia to see my uh, my mom's father before he passed away. 
And I like I looked at him one day. I said, "Who the hell are you?" Like <laughs> he's in incredible shape. So it's uh, I'll tell him you said well, hello. I don't know if you know, but my brother and his his father, best friends growing up, yeah. in high school. The great Jack Costello, the late great Jack Costello, a very good man who meant a lot to my father. And, of course, you meant a lot oh, to my father great. as well, pal. Uh, and, Jamie, oh, by the way, con- congratulations! congrats on the second kid as well. We haven't, uh, I haven't talked to you since that. But, I mean, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. It's awesome, man. Jamie, love you, buddy. We'll talk to you soon, all right? All right, we'll see you now. Thanks a lot, Jamie Kyle. Costello. Great job, man. <laughs> the great you, Jamie, Jamie Costello. From uh, ABC2, checked in with me last night, said, Glenn, <laughs> need you to do something for me. I said, Jamie, for you, literally anything. I mean, if you said, I need you to come over and, and clean the gutters. I'd bury this body. Yeah, right. I, yeah, I would, sure. This is Jamie Costello <laughs> we're talking about. Like, I'm going to do it Correct. for him. Like, the, the, yeah. who, who means more to this city than the great Jamie Costello? One of a kind. So um, he said, and he ran this by, and he said, I know this is going to sound crazy, <laughs> but I really want you to have Kyle. And I was like, well, I can do that. But I just didn't know what our schedule was like this morning, unfortunately. So I had to uh, rearrange a few things, and I figured we could knock it out right at the top. Uh, but I appreciate you playing along, being sure. a good sport, and you did a, a quite a good job with that. That was awesome. And apparently, Matt Myers, if no one else enjoyed it, Matt Myers <laughs> enjoyed it as well. Thank you, Matt. I appreciate that. Uh, that was excellent. All right, good morning. We, I just wanted to do that. I just wanted to do that this morning because I, I have a strict policy. If you are as significant as Jamie Costello, we will do what you want. Correct. Sorry to everyone who's not as significant as Jamie Costello. When you make requests, I say, go F yourself. You know, I, I hope you die in a fire, things yeah. along those lines. Well, I remember when you said that to me, actually. Well, I'm sorry. You're not as significant as Jamie Costello. I'm just weird. being honest with you. It was weird, like, though. I didn't expect he's it. He's more significant than you are. Um, that being said, when Jamie Costello requests something, we do it. That's the way that it works around here. We say anything for him. So uh, I enjoyed that uh, a great deal. Speaking of the dictionary, I think his picture is next to Gregarious. I believe that is the case. He is one of. He is truly uh, a giant, and uh, what a wonderful man uh, Jamie Costello is. I love that. All right. Now, with that being said, I want to have an adult conversation this morning. About? I admittedly am excited for the Field of Dreams game tonight. By the way, this is a goofy bit. I learned in the past couple days that apparently I do get the channel that it's going to air on here in Baltimore. It's channel 46. Did you guys know that was a thing? Well, it's like 45.1. But it's not on a lot of cable services. It's just an entirely different channel. It's channel 46. It's what used to be channel 24. That apparently went away. Mm-hmm. There is no channel 24 anymore, for what it's worth. I did not know that. But why would have I have... UPN? Was that what you said? At be? one point, it was UPN. Before, Back in the day, there was um, the WB yeah, on 54 and UPN on 24. What's that frog up to? Michigan J Frog? I don't know. I couldn't tell you. what. Remember, the two of them combined to become the CW, which I think stayed on... 54. I believe there were some antitrust lawsuits involved. I, I don't know. I've got to be honest with you. I did not stay on top of this particular story. I, at that point, had no reason to... You know, me, I was a regular viewer of Correct. most UPN shows. As we I was... Uh, Girlfriends. Girlfriends was definitely... There were a few others that were... What else was on? I swear there were a few UPN shows that I was a, a viewer of in my day. By the way, WWE SmackDown was once on UPN. Huh. So I was, I was aware of the existence of Channel 24. I never knew the Channel 4 disappeared. Channel 24 disappeared here locally. It's gone. It is no longer. I'm sorry. It has uh, gone the way of um, a lot of the old radio station in town that used to exist. It's just forgotten. 
I learned this week that in its stead, from the ashes, rose Channel 46, which, as you point out, is technically a digital sub-channel of Channel 45, but apparently, because it hosts this MyTV network, was deemed important enough for cable companies, and more importantly for me, the satellite, to pick it up as its own entity. And so if I punch 46 into my television, I will get the baseball game Well, there tonight. you go. So that is the good news. I still think that maybe WPFF making a bit of a mistake prioritizing the Washington football team's preseason football game over the baseball game that people actually want to watch. But that's not – believe it or not, they don't allow me to make those decisions anymore. They used to, they, yeah. they used to. Well, it used to be that I was chief in charge yeah. of those types of decisions. So the Field of Dreams game is tonight. Swell. Except for one thing. The Yankees are playing. Well, that there's that, yes. It's that we and by the, and the fact that Gavin Sheets got sent down, which is bull s. You're really gonna send him down before the Field of Dreams game, like he was hitting pretty and well. All he was doing was mashing. Yeah. It's just that they have a loaded roster, and I think they got Robert back, and so they needed a roster spot. <laughs> was he done though? Yeah, no. Why would that guy get his roster spot back? Keep him down. So that's that sucks. That Gavin Sheets doesn't get the participate unless something I get. Maybe there could be another roster move today. Although you have to be back down for. Unless there's an injury, unless there's an injury, in which case I guess you could come back up. Um, so that sucks. But other than that, the thing, the the big problem is that we have to have a, an adult conversation that a lot of people don't want to have. Okay. Field of Dreams isn't a good movie. Mm, disagree. It's a bad story. Disagree. And because it's a bad story, disagree. as well acted as it was, and it was, it was very well acted. I disagree with you already. It can't I, be a great movie. It was a very good. Movie. I loved it when it, I was a kid. It, why? 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 The sentimental aspect, the love that it's mm-hmm. that it represented mm-hmm. for baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, the story the, itself, the I the think, the premise was is that baseball can solve all problems, which is as flawed a premise as anyone who thinks that any singular entity well, can solve all about, problems. If we're going to talk about, is it a realistic movie? It's well, not, it's not just about whether or not it's realistic. It you, uh, it's dead that, people walking out of cornfields and no, playing no, no, baseball. That, that's, by the way, that's not the biggest problem with it. It's that the, the premise, the story that it's telling, is not a story worth telling. Baseball cannot solve all problems. It's the same. There was recently a, a and I realize now it's because a lot of uh, writers just also happen to love Bruce Springsteen, so anything, when he farts, they want to say it's great. It was a good fart, though. There, yeah, I mean, it was a really good fart. There was a, uh, a movie came out called Blinded by the Light, which was this story of this, like, sort of... Um, like a, like a Punjab family that was not particularly well off and living in a poor area in Great Britain and how this this young boy and his friend discovered the music of Bruce Springsteen in the 1980s and like fell in love and it was his like and it was all well and good except for the fact that you realize that there was no bigger story that was being told the story was not really about the friendship it wasn't really about the young man or the family it was just about the, the premise that was being presented was Bruce Springsteen can solve all problems. And that's not a thing. That's a, it's a terrible premise by which to build a motion picture. This singular entity cannot solve all of your problems. If you've got and a cornfield, it can. Nope, certainly cannot. Cannot do that either. Cannot do that either. I love the idea of reconnecting father and son. That's a wonderful premise to build a motion picture around. But was it worthy of that? If your father will only reconnect with you, if you can get shoeless Joe Jackson to come play baseball at your field, I got news, 
It ain't worth reconnecting with your father. He's a piece of ass. This is the stuff that nobody wants to deal with because we just want to be romantic about things. It's a romantic movie. The baseball is the main character. Because we just want to be romantic about baseball. Because we just want to say, but why is that a problem? Baseball. Because it's bull ass. Why is that a problem? Because why can't there be a love letter to baseball? Because. This is the reason why the Sandlot is so great because it's centered around the concept of baseball, but baseball doesn't solve all of the problems. The problems are real. Not having friends is a real problem. Growing up together in a confusing era is a real problem that must be solved that can't only be solved by baseball. You have to take it to other places. You have to see them experiment with tobacco, grow together, try to pickle the You don't the remember beast. when the daughter was eating tobacco when she was asking about South Park? Is that, right. That was important. That was an important scene. I understand that. That was an important scene. The ease his pain, all of that, like, that's nonsense. I got a problem. It's gross. It's creepy. It's not worthy of the way that we hold the motion picture up. I understand what it is. It's a reflection of our romantic feelings towards baseball. But at some point, there Why has to be another exist? redeeming part of the story. There has to be they something else the that's farm, redeeming. Glenn. They saved the farm. You know what? You're right. They saved the farm based on the premise that, that dead guys will play baseball. If you build it, yes. they will come. They're not going to play baseball. They're going to wander back into the cornfield and be gone. And then what are you going to have? It's an attraction. Nothing. People still showed up. The line was out the cornfield. They didn't all go away yet. At some point, they're all going away. No, if you build it, they will come. You that's keep about, saying that's that. about players and tourists. What does that mean? You're going to have people driving around in Iowa and like, oh, man, it, By that? the way, it's a better story if they had all disappeared and they had shown that the baseball field could also be used by, like, say, the locals to play baseball. You and that they would that think wasn't. that it was neat. They need to do that. That's the part of the film that they have to show. Glenn. Glenn. Generally, I no, I'll take that back. I don't always respect what you have to say. Especially yeah, I mean, right now. I mean, you can. I I want you to know. I will fight to the death for your right to be wrong. I will fight literally, not to the death. That's not true. I won't do that. I will fight Jack you if think he's your got kids are if happy. he's got an arm tied behind his back. You're I will fight him for your right. No, I just don't really want to put a lot of effort in. That's my issue. I'm saying that's the amount. That's the length that I'm willing to go to fight well, for your tomorrow. right to be wrong. That's tomorrow. What's the last day of interns? They always have to do that after the show. We don't do that on the show. Yeah, we right. do it after the show. Yes. I just can't believe you have a cornfield. I, well, I don't really. There's no. Corn. I get it. There's it's no like corn anymore. Not we, technically it, yours. There was a lot of corn in it once upon a time. And you've never looked at it and said this would be improved to the baseball field. Oh, I definitely think that. 100%. I think it would be improved to the baseball field, but I wouldn't make a movie about it. It's not interesting. Well, you wouldn't have Shoeless Joe Jackson wandering through the well, court. You don't know that it. either. You also, yeah, you're just saying things you don't know. I just <laughs> tend to think that you are crapping on romanticism. I, the problem is the romanticism has to be built around. I mean, some people are actually willing to have conversations about it. Other people are just, you know, mad because I'm I'm challenging them and they don't know how to defend themselves. For example, Kim, maybe it's nostalgia. I was eight when it hit theaters. I remember going to see it and falling in love with it as a kid. It was kind of magical. So I actually still enjoy it now, but maybe it'd be different if I would have first seen it as an adult. I don't know. And there's probably an there's, aspect of that for me as well. Absolutely. I, this, I'll give you this. But the I don't first, think I would have seen it if not for my family and my father that's showing the, it to the, me. My father showed it me for the first time when I was a kid, and I didn't know any better than to think it's a cornfield and baseball, and that's beautiful, right? And then the first time I watched it again as an adult, it struck me that, like, this isn't worthy of being a movie. What are we doing here? No. No, 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 no. 
So I, I definitely, if you would have gotten me at 17, would have felt differently about it. I would have told you, no, it's beautiful and magical, but I wouldn't have been able to defend it when someone challenged it. That wouldn't have been the case. My buddy Dave Preston from WFTOP says, I prefer the Naked Gun as a baseball fan. The Naked Gun is a wonderful. I, I think this is one of the problems that we have is that the... We think of great baseball movies as comedies, right? And so people Bull like Bull Durham's a love letter. Bull to Durham baseball is a also. comedy, though. It's, but it's a, also a love it's, letter to baseball. I understand that. And it's a wonderful love letter. It's the By best the way, baseball it's, we ever made. For what it's it's worth. it's well, behind the sandlot. It's a very. The, I get it. Like I still think Bull Durham is it's, fine. The most realistic and all around. Well, it's a it's a it's a great story, and it's the second best baseball movie ever made. By by, by and by the way, number three isn't cl- there's not a close number three. Major League's very good. Uh, Major League is good, but it's a, it's such a different it. type it's of straight up comedy. Right, like it's a it's a slapstick comedy in that case. It's not really a, a story as much as it's uh, a slapstick comedy. Uh, from and Rookie of the Year as well. Ah, yes. When you talk about great motion <laughs> pictures, Rookie of the Year. I would, I of course, when, as being a child, when Rookie of the Year came Have your out, kids of course, at a moment. No, it's not a priority for me. I'll assure Why you not? that because it's not that great of a movie. It's fine for kids it is it's fine it's great it's for fun. kids it's like you can it's there's a lot aspirational of like, for kids break your arm and who knows but what there's also happen, a lot know? of things they're not gonna be able to connect with like not being able to go meet the his friends to go out on the boat like you know we got, we got cell phones now like that that would have never occurred your kid doesn't have a cell phone they will when they're that age they'll have cell phones that's the way it works like you don't you don't let if your kid is old enough to be out by themselves on a boat they got a cell phone with the sleazeball dad getting punched through the well, door well that huh? guy deserved it that they guy can relate to that uh, Laura, thank you. It's not good. Appreciate that. Um, the better... Well, I need to know about this story, John and Little Rock. The better movie would be my experience throwing up at the Field of Dreams on Easter in 2009, True Life. Well, John, I'm going to need to know a little bit more about that. Look, man, if you want to deal with it, we'll deal with it. If you just want to send back memes or, or disagree, we can't have the conversation. If you're prepared to have the adult conversation, defend yourself. I'll listen. I don't think Field of Dreams is a good motion picture. We'll talk about it more throughout the course of the morning. Today's show brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3 to get roof and siding repairs for just the cost of your home insurance deductible. 410-401-9797 or C3America.com for your free analysis. Call them today. When we come back in, a uh, venue in town is uh, reopening, and we're going to celebrate that. We'll tell you a little bit more about it, and then Blaine Knight from the Bay Sox is going to join us as well. It's Glenn Clark Radio from the Press Box Studios. Sports and Social Maryland is bringing the ultimate fan experience to you at Live Casino and Hotel. We take sports viewing to the next level with a massive 100-foot media wall, 47-foot big screen, 40 HD TVs, extensive beer selection, big eats, in-venue gaming, bowling, and more. The perfect destination for sports enthusiasts and fun seekers. We're raising the sports bar at Sports and Social Maryland. Come see for yourself. Book your table now at SportsSocialMD.com. That's SportsSocialMD.com. Here it Watch out! For the first time, the PGA Tour's FedEx Cup Playoffs is coming to Maryland. The top 70 players in the world converge on Kays Valley Golf Club for the 2021 BMW Championship, August 24th through 29th, 2021. Baltimore's iconic and challenging course provides the perfect test as the playoffs heat up. Tickets are now available. Don't miss your chance to watch the drama unfold. Visit BMWChampionship.com today. 
Redefine your skills, inspire change, and make a difference. The Army offers the new generation of youth the ability to be part of something bigger than themselves, while also improving who they will become individually. Soldiers have the ability to impact the world in many different ways. The Army supports humanitarian missions ranging from the COVID-19 response to natural and man-made disasters. Visit GoArmy.com forward slash Baltimore. Hey everybody, this is Chris Ruling at Great Eights Memorabilia. The Maryland State Fair is right around the corner and we're going to be taking over with the largest Baltimore football signing in over three years. The Purple Takeover is coming to its million fairgrounds for the massive Maryland State Fair from August 26th through Labor Day Monday. You'll have the chance to meet Pro Bowl tackle Ronnie Stanley, Hollywood Brown, first round pick Odafe Away, Big Country Bank Cleveland, Hall of Famer Lenny Moore, and many, many more from your football team. Tickets are available at GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. That's great, the number eight, S, memorabilia.com. And remember, as always, be great. The journey begins on remote mountain farms and plantations in the lush tropical regions of countries like Colombia and Brazil, where the best coffee beans are grown. The beans are harvested by hand, carefully sorted, bagged, shipped, and finally roasted. And the journey ends as your cup of rich, flavorful Royal Farms coffee, the freshest and best coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. It's Window Nation's 15th year anniversary. During August, all customers that get an in-home estimate will be entered to win your home project for free. That's correct, the chance to win free, top-of-the-line, energy-efficient Window Nation windows installed by experts with over 15 years' experience that will keep your home cool during the summer months and warm during the colder months. If you don't win, get half of your windows free with their buy two windows and get two free deal. Plus, pay nothing for two full years. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you. Party with the flock at the Ravens Countdown to Kickoff Watch Party presented by Miller Lite on Monday, September 13th at M&T Bank Stadium. Celebrate the start of the season with a live performance by all-time low, plus a watch party for the Ravens vs. Raiders game on the Ravens Vision Boards. Appearances by Ravens legends, cheerleaders, Baltimore's marching Ravens, playmakers, and Poe. Tickets are $10 in advance and $20 the day of the event. Visit BaltimoreRavens.com slash kickoff for tickets and more info. You are out. You are listening to Glenn Clark Radio at glennclarkradio.com. All right, back here on GCR, Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. We'll talk about it more in a bit, but um, it's kind of a surprise from Chris Davis this morning. He has announced his retirement. The Orioles share the following statement. From Chris Davis, after an extended time dealing with my injury and recent hip surgery, I informed the Orioles about my decision to retire effective today. I want to thank the Orioles partnership group led by the Angelos family, the Orioles organization, my teammates and coaches, the University of Maryland Children's Hospital, with whom I will continue to be involved following my retirement, and of course, Birdland. Thank you for all the many memories that I will cherish forever. Sincerely, C.D. We will talk about that more throughout the course of the morning. Chris Davis has announced his retirement from the Baltimore Orioles. Before we do that, I want to have a conversation now. I'm very excited about this. The Hall at Live. It, it opened, and we didn't. I didn't even get a chance to go see it when it opened. Unfortunately, we all know what happened in the world. It 
the world came crumbling down and indoor events were not an option for some time. But we're back, and they are celebrating that today down at Live Casino Hotel. Upcoming shows, how about these for headliners? Gabriel Iglesias, Tom Segura, Chelsea Handler, Patti LaBelle, Jay Leno, and coming next summer, some fella perhaps a few of you have heard of named Jerry Seinfeld, all coming to the hall at Live. Joining us now to tell us more about it, he is the general manager, Mr. Gus Legrand, and he's with us now here on GCR. Gus, it's Glenn and Kyle. It's so good to chat with you. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Hi, Glenn and Kyle. My pleasure. Um, um, I, I'm, I, looking I'm looking at this. At this oh, hang, oh, hang on a second. I apologize. I apologize. I screwed, I screwed up, up by sighing on the video. Onto the it's video. my fault. I'll fix that. All right, Gus, I fixed it. I'm so sorry. Um, I, I'm looking at this venue right now. It looks gorgeous. My word, what a gorgeous venue this appears to be. Um, I have not had a chance to be out there yet. What am I going to experience when I get to see the hall at live? We see the hall. We're 75,000 square feet of state-of-the-art production. Um, a very immersive uh, uh, experience for the guests. Uh, you can see the video screens in the back. Uh, we have a 60-foot center screen, side screens, six additional screens throughout the venue. I mean, we have the ability to really let the guests uh, feel like they're right on stage with, with the uh, with the artist. Oh, my gosh. It's a gorgeous-looking facility. Tell me about, um, you know, I... As I said, the world went crazy, and everything, you had shows lined up, and things were ready to go, and then get shut down. How excited are you now to bring this back, and for everyone to get to experience this Hall at Live? Oh, beyond words. I mean, but you know, between the guests' experience and just the team members being able to, you know, do what they were hired to do, um, it's just going to be an amazing experience when we're able to to keep this thing going. So the I, I mentioned some of the headliners that are coming. I mean, this is this is a list type of entertainment that you're bringing right here to Live Casino Hotel. The the plans beyond as you bring shows back. I can. I, is it safe to assume that we should expect more a list types of shows there? Oh yes, I mean I, I can't divulge who they are, but we have quite a few uh, quite a few artists for 2020 already that'll be uh, will be announced in the next few months. He is Gus Legrand, and he's with us from the Hall at Live, which, as you see right behind him, is just a phenomenal venue down at Live Casino Hotel. Gus, the uh, the specifics, right? For for people that don't know, how big is the Hall at Live? How many people can be there? What kind of special amenities are available for people who attend shows at the Hall at Live? Run me through all of that. Sure, yeah. Well, 75,000 square feet. We have three floors. We have a a mezzanine level. We have a a suite level that wraps around, um, you know, the entire third floor. Uh, We can hold roughly 4,200 people seated. We can hold almost 5,000 general admission. Um, Multiple configurations of the room. Um... You know, state-of-the-art Myers, PA, uh, unlike any other in the, in the country. Um, and obviously, you can see the video screens behind me. So, and I, and I understand it's on top of the shows that you're going to do, this is also going to be the place to, like, come hang out and watch fights, things along those lines, correct? Absolutely. We, you know, we, we project to do 30 to 40 concerts, uh, you know, for what we're calling year one is 22 now. Okay. Um, also do live boxing. We have a live boxing match in October. Um, we're looking to try to do some live MMA. Uh, we do a myriad of watch parties for UFC and boxing, um, on top of private events. Uh, you, have, you know, we have a partnership with the County. We do the graduations here. Um, trying to wow. get back. Wow. Wow. 
That's really cool. That's really cool. And by the way, you know, it, you make a night of it, right? I talked about this before. Like, you make a night of it. You get a room at Live Casino Hotel. You maybe try to go win some money, and you never have to leave the building. And you can see, you know, Jay Leno or Patti LaBelle or someone, a, a major A-level entertainer. Yeah, we, you know, we have our prime rib restaurant on site. We just opened up our new concept, Sports and Social. Yep. Uh, we'll have ring sports betting soon. We have a four-diamond hotel. Uh, that's on property. So once you, like I said, once you get here, you never really have to leave. The uh, obviously right now we're still dealing with some uh, uh, various COVID policies and situations for people that are looking at going to shows right now. What will they need to know in the immediacy about attending shows at the Hall at Live? Right now, for shows uh, at Live, we are requiring all guests to wear masks. Uh, it's, and I think that's uh, that's smart. We want to be safe, and obviously, in an indoor facility, you want to make sure that uh, that uh, you don't you don't have anyone. Uh, sharing or spreading anything, and I think that's a very good idea, and I think everybody should be uh, very comfortable with that at this point. Um, where can people find out more, Gus? Like somebody says, man, I, 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 I want to go. I want to see this place. I'm staring at it. It's amazing. I want to go check out the Hall at Live. Where can they find out more about what's coming up at the Hall? If you go to maryland.livecasinohotel.com, it gives you our entire uh, calendar on that website. And 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 are you like are, are tickets already available for Jerry Seinfeld? And like, do you plan on them being gone within like twelve seconds of whenever you actually put them on sale? Tickets are on sale right now. Uh, once we get a little closer, we'll start remarketing it again. But tickets are on sale for Jerry. Seinfeld. I would, if I were you, I would probably go get yours immediately because once people realize they're on sale, I don't think they're going to last very long for that Jerry Seinfeld show, even though we're a ways away from it. Gus, is there anything else you want people to know about this incredible venue? Oh, just really excited to uh, to get get it back open and running. Uh, we're really excited to get down there and see it. It's a beautiful facility. Gus, really appreciate you taking a couple of minutes for us this morning to show us the venue and tell us more about it. Can't wait to be at the Hall at Live. Uh, appreciate you joining us this morning on Glenn Clark Radio. My pleasure. Thank you. Gus Legrand, the general manager, and uh, what a facility that is, man! If you weren't if you weren't watching that, holy smokes! Looks great. That's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean that that looks as nice as any facility that I've seen for shows. Here in this area, that is an incredible look. And, of course, as Gus mentioned, we love uh, live casino, sports and social. We're very excited about that. You're thinking about where to host your fantasy football draft. Sports and social is the place to do it. As right now at Sports and Social, you've got a package that starts at just $250. That includes your draft board, space for 12 people, two platters of 24 wings, four towers of beer, Bud or Bud Light, Three orders of nachos with guacamole, and they'll throw in for dynamic pricing options, maybe a massage chair, a model to host your fantasy football draft. Get that package right now. Email events at sportssocialmd.com, events at sportssocialmd.com. They're truly making it so that you're going to end up having a weekend where you never leave the building. And, and like, if you're familiar with spending time in Vegas, you know a thing or two about this. They are making it at Live Casino Hotel so that you will end up being there from Friday afternoon to Sunday night, and you will have never left the building. No need to. Because you will have been hanging out at Sports and Social. You will have been winning some money. You'll been going to their wonderful restaurants like the Prime Rib. You've been going to a show at the Hall at Live. It's, that's just going to be the case moving forward. So um, I, it's awesome. Great stuff. All right, uh, we got a few minutes here before Blaine Knight is scheduled to join us, so let's let's talk um, and let's let's go through it, because the first thought is surprise, right? Like, 
Why? Why, if you're Chris Davis and you've been able to just collect money for free? By the way, he still will collect his salary for next season from John Heyman. Okay, well that that would be the answer to the question of why then yeah. for sure. So John Heyman, let me. What's the wording of that? He will still collect his twenty three million dollars in twenty twenty two. So there's your answer. We should be straight about it. This is the Orioles bought him out for his roster spot, more or less, right? To say I, we just don't want to deal with this any longer. I, the, I, I'm not reporting this, but this doesn't take much to figure out. The Orioles said, Chris, we're never going to put you back on the roster again. If you want to keep going through the motions for the sake of going through the motions and you want to come down to spring training and hang out, I, you'd be allowed to, but we're never going to put you back on the roster again. And Chris Davis probably followed it up by saying, okay, but I'm going to collect every penny that I'm owed. You're not, I'm not going to give you money back. That's crazy. Why would I do that? And so the Orioles, not wanting to deal with it anymore, but I also think we were somewhat unsure as to whether the organization would ever be willing to do something like this. I guess one year is different than yeah, multiple years. I think most years. of us got yeah. to the point where we th- assumed that it would be one year. And they're doing it in the, with some dignity, right? Like they're allowing Chris Davis to say he's retiring instead of them saying, we're, getting, we're letting you go, we're buying you out. And by the way, for what it's worth, that, that is, there is a decision in that because once they bought him out, Chris Davis could have attempted – to continue to play baseball, baseball somewhere else. Although you know, we're all being—if sure. we're all being honest—nobody was even even for free. No one was taking Chris Davis, even if they had to pay him nothing. There's just there's no reason for anyone to do that. Um, if they did, they'd be telling him you're going to have to go to the minor leagues and mm-hmm. prove that you can play. Like nobody was Crash actually Davis, signing for real, a- and not even really mm-hmm. Crash Davis. I mean, I honestly, it. really not it. even Crash Davis. So the shock goes away once you realize the Orioles are just paying him to go away. At one year was kind of the number that we all thought was the extent of how far the Orioles would go with this. So they're doing it with one year. Chris Davis is re- Chris Davis realizes it's over. 35 years old. Right. He's not helping them in any way really. He's just He's allowing it to make it, allowing himself to make it look like this was kind of his decision mm-hmm. too. So he saves some face in the process, whatever there is left to be saved, and we move forward. Does it help the Orioles? Only kinda. One extra forty-man like, roster spot. Right, but like that's only kinda. For Rule that's, Five purposes, in theory, I suppose they would say we can protect one more guy. Maybe, right? maybe, right? Like that's that's about the extent of of how far you could say that it goes um, in, in helping the Orioles. The next step is the conversation that's more awkward, which is now, when will we be able to be over our feelings towards Chris Davis? When will we be capable of thinking about the pleasant? I've never been unable to remember how he made me feel in the positive. Like, I still... Hold the fond memories alongside the disappointment. They're not mutually exclusive to me. Um, and part of that is he was at the epicenter of some of my favorite years as a baseball fan. So it's not lost on me. I, I can still 
have both? Um, I think what you're doing is not... I think if you're suggesting that you can feel a, a net positive about Chris Davis, I'm going to struggle to believe that. I'm not going to... I think if what you're saying is like, I do remember that stuff, and it exists, and it's part of it, I, I hear you. I think in in weighing everything, there's just no way to come out of it and say, I I feel good about Chris Davis's time as an Oriole. I, I think that if, if you do, there's something wrong with you, frankly today i think in time if the orioles become good again at some point something along those lines maybe that could come but i think there's something that people would maybe sometimes criticize him for the club only spending on him that's that's a different conversation. Right. There's no doubt there's nuance that's available, but it doesn't change that he was literally the worst, the worst player in all of ever. It's not just that it's one of the worst con- it, By the way, as far as performance is concerned, you can say other guys got hurt and weren't even able to play. But as far as guys that were able to play, I, I don't think there would be much of a debate about what like I know it got bad with say Pablo Sandoval for a little while and and Hanley Ramirez, but they had more production before it got bad mm-hmm. than Chris Davis did post signing the contract. It got bad with Pujols for a while there as well. It did, but again, there was a lot. There was a lot of production. Hitter, yeah. Yes, there yes. was a lot of production, just not production that matched. It was on the tail end of the contract as well. It was good for the beginning of yeah, it. Yeah, it was good for a few years. They right. just didn't put enough players around them for those first couple of years. And then when mm-hmm. they finally had some other players, he was no longer Albert Pujols. Um it it is absolutely you know we're talking about the worst contract in baseball but yes the the other it, it's not his fault the mis- decisions that the Orioles made but it doesn't change the reality it doesn't change the reality of how truly damning this proved to be for everything and you There's also still no guarantee that if they had never signed Chris Davis, that they, they would have been willing to spend what it would have cost not, to keep Machado. I'm not, or, again, those are different conversations. Right. The, those are different things altogether than just this guy was sucking up a position on the field, lots of money, and being the worst player in all of baseball. Mm-hmm. That alone is not impacted by it. That alone, that stands as the unbearable to watch someone's point might be well if the Orioles had spent on five other guys we wouldn't be as furious about it because it would just be one of the five guys or one of the six guys that he had spent money on maybe maybe that's the case right like that would be that that would be a a conversation I, I don't know how someone in New York or Boston would compare it in an era where their team signed a bunch of players, and one in particular just did not work out, there's right? There's plenty like, of instances probably for the Yankees that have not panned out. What's that? I'm sure there's instances for the Yankees that have, like, A-Rod well, not was... A, not, but you're con- there's nothing at this level. Nothing, I, I know. Nothing that's similar. They won a World Series with A-Rod in particular because of A-Rod, right? Like, yes, the tail end ended up being very bad, but they won a World Series Never because of Alex Rodriguez. Contract. It still annoys me that baseball well, is you know, suspended. I, and I hear you. I mean, don't get me wrong. I hear you, but that's a different conversation. Um, th- there is no comparison. There's no direct comparison to how bad this is. There, it's easier for a lot of teams to say, yeah, things got bad, but we liked what we got originally before it got bad. 
we we will deal with the fact that like the the Yankees won a World Series with CC Sabathia too. He was really good for them. Yes, he was quite good. And then at the end, it got bad. It was still decent enough, but it was still. Yeah, it got it. bad. It got bad. Not Chris Davis bad, but it got bad. There are plenty of contracts that got bad as they went on. This is this was never good. This from the moment that it happened was problematic. Was he had a good 2015. What was his? What was 2015? OPS 923. Number like the, the raw numbers. Give me the 262, raw numbers. 262, 361, 562, 47 homers. Yeah. Okay. So he had one season. He had one season after he signed the contract. Is what we're saying. Yes. He signed it after 2014. Mm-hmm. Um. After 2013. If I'm not mistaken. No. 2013 was his career year. Right, that's not when he signed the contract. Well, it was after 2014, and the first year of his contract was good then. Let me double-check it. Let me double-check what year he signed the contract first before we even have that. That I just want to make sure that I have that right. Um, no, it was actually after 2015. Was it? Mm-hmm. Well, then, yeah, it was always bad. Yep. Yep. Not even, not even a redeemable year in there. Look, man, I'm not trying to pile on Chris Davis... It's always been an awkward conversation to have because it doesn't it doesn't make you feel good. But there's no way to feel good today. I at some point there might be. I've always thought about this, right? Like I remember having this conversation after the Ravens won the Super Bowl. Like, could could we would we be able to go back and forgive Billy Cundiff? Would we be able to go back and forgive Lee Evans? They didn't have any really good memories. No, there's nothing. There's nothing positive that came from it. But Bill Buckner didn't really do anything after you know he had the ball go through his legs, and as soon as the Red Sox became good again, they were able to forgive him. Now to the point of he had a lot of production before the Mm -hmm. ball went through his legs. I get the difference. But at some point, are we capable of saying we don't harp on this, we don't obsess over this anymore because we have good things to feel and we're willing to forgive what happened in the past? I don't. There's no way that it could occur with Chris Davis until the Orioles were good again. There's just no way. There's no way to watch this club every night, losers again last night, there's no way for that to be the case and to have any positive feeling whatsoever towards Chris Davis. You can't do it. You can't separate those things. You, you, if you do, you're a, you're a robot. You're not really a fan. You're... you're you're almost inhuman. This is how what we associate Chris Davis with. We associate Chris Davis with this, with our misery. You can't change that. I still have fond memories. I know, like, I, but they're they're not. I don't know. They're not the prevailing thought. They couldn't be. But they're still there. They are still a part of the equation. Um, they're, they're a part of the equation. I, I think they're part of it that I'll be able to consider at some point. Yes. I think they'll be part of it that at some point I'll say to myself, right, that, that does stand out, but it will take the Orioles being good again. Jeff says, his run from 2012 to 2017 was great. That 2013 was season was so much fun in particular. I think if you give it a also had decade... That's a rough 2014. It's not like that didn't exist as well. Well, and, and the suspension, which was significant. Brian Powell brought that up. I think if you give it a decade or so, he's a lock Orioles Hall of Famer. 
I think a decade is the first time you can consider that, right? Like, I think maybe in a decade you could think about that. I still think it'll be tough. I think they were, it, it's going to be tough. I think you're, the argument is real to say, you know, measure his, um, you know, contributions versus other guys that you put into the Orioles Hall of Fame. And, you know, he's got standing. But a lot of those other guys don't also have the other side of the story. I want to get your responses throughout the course of the morning. I know you got some coming in. At Glenn Clark Radio, we'll continue to talk about it again. Chris Davis has announced his retirement from baseball this morning. However, he will still be paid by the Baltimore Orioles through next year. Today's show also brought to you by... Well, through Win- the next 15 years, about. <laughs> well, I mean, yes, he still gets his contract that runs through next year. He will still get all of that money. It's just that a lot of it is deferred, and so there will be a Bobby Bonilla-like story with Chris Davis for some time. Uh, today's show also brought to you by Window Nation. Oh, they've got an anniversary special right now at Window Nation. It's their 15th year anniversary during August. All customers that get an in-home estimate will be entered to win your home project for free. Or buy two windows and get two free. Plus, pay nothing for two full years. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. It's time for us to make our weekly trip to Bowie to chat with a member of the Bay Sox. This man's been a part of the show before. It's a pleasure to welcome back in former Arkansas Razorback, Bowie Bay Sox pitcher. Blaine Knight joins us once again here on GCR. Blaine, it's Glenn and Kyle in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you as always, man. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us. Yeah, absolutely, guys. Thanks for having me. It's great to chat with you, dude. Uh, I know that things have been going pretty well for you. Can you take me back you know, sort of the bizarre nature going into this season, everything that you had been through a year ago, kind of not knowing what the world was looking like. How good did you feel when you came right out to start the season? I know it was at the high A level and not quite at Bowie yet, and you were just putting up numbers and, and looking like a monster, given everything that had gone on in the world. How good did that feel? It felt really good. I mean, especially with, you know, 19 the way it went and the COVID year right after that and, you know, just the uncertainty of what everything was going to look like and how the team was, how the team was going to react to everybody and what our limits were going to be. And, you know, for me, it was just, I had a year off without, you know, having any, because 19 was so bad. I mean, it just left a really bad taste in my mouth and sure. I needed something to give me some reassurance in 20, you know, that I was still, I was still around. I was still able to do stuff and I didn't have anything, any way of doing it because of the COVID year. So it was just a, it was a very anxious start to the year, and, you know, I feel like I got off to a good start, and I feel like I've been able to maintain it for the most part throughout, and hopefully it sticks around. It'd be nice. I enjoy, yeah, <laughs> I enjoy right. being able to do it again. <laughs> Putting up great numbers is a lot of fun. Wait, I, I, I guess, I'm going to blame. What happened? Can you go back, when you go back and look at two, you refer to the struggles in 2019, and I, and I bring that up in the context of I'm sure that, like, the, your numbers in July, you weren't thrilled with either, and you wanted those to be better. Can you Can you fall back on what you learned from 2019 as you move forward this season and try to bounce back from what was kind of a tough month. Yeah, so, I mean, 19 was just, I mean, it was just a matter of me basically not doing not doing what my game plan is and what it's always been, and that's just attack hitters. I was too busy about trying to get trying to get strikeouts, trying to, you know, because the K's per nine is a big thing right now. And, okay. You know, I mean, I get my strikeouts, but, I mean, I've, I force contact and, you know, I get strikeouts when I need them. And I tried to completely change the way I did stuff and went about how I attack hitters and it backfired. And, you know, I just couldn't, I couldn't pick the ball back up and keep going and make the momentum shift my direction in 19. And, you know, I feel like July was the same way. You know, I ran into a skid there for, 
Like I know against Erie, I did for sure. And then Hartford, they just, I caught them on the wrong day, I guess. But, <laughs> um, they were, I mean, it was just kind of that same thing. It was just, you know, those two games that, you know, it just didn't go in my favor. And, you know, I had to go home after that for my kid being born. And then I felt like I came back ah. against Somerset, who's a really good hitting team. And I feel like I bounced back for three innings. That's all they would let me go. So I feel like I did well for three innings. I gave up one run. And uh, I, mean, I thought I was pretty happy with it, especially for taking a week off and stuff. So I feel like we're in the right direction. I feel like I know how to adapt to those situations better now when you get some adversity because that's all I went to in 19 was adversity. So, uh, I mean, it's a good thing. I'm glad it happened, but let's not let it happen again. That's for sure. We're going to talk about your little boy here in a second. But but is are, are you capable of saying – you know, when when we talk about those couple of rough starts in July, are you capable of saying I I don't think that the problem was was me or my delivery or anything along those lines? That sometimes you just don't get the right result, even if you do things the right way. Yeah, especially at this level. I mean, these guys that you're playing in Double A, I mean, they're you're one phone call away from the big leagues. You know, and so these guys are extremely good. They are really good at what they do. And you know, I mean, you're going to have good stuff on some days and you're going to get beat and you're going to have good stuff other days and you're going to beat them. It's just how this ball game goes. And, you know, I don't think it was anything that delivery wise, mechanically or anything like that, that I did wrong against those two teams. It was just, you know, I just, whether I didn't have it complete all that day, you know, they just had a really good day. I mean, sometimes you just have to give hitters credit and, you know, so that's just part of it. I respect that. He is Blaine Knight at the Bowie Bay Sox. He's with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. So, yeah, uh, Dad, tell me about it. Um, uh, William Boone, born. Um, what is it? How does it? How does it shape your life now moving forward? How are you a different human being today than you were, say, a couple months ago? Yeah, well, I mean, it's now, you know, I mean, for me, I think it is, you know, it's another motivation piece. I mean, you know, it's, you know, if I go and do my job well, you know, I'll be able to take care of him and my wife, you know, for, a long time and you know they're not gonna have to struggle for anything and doing that so it's just an, it's another motivation piece for me especially like when it's getting to the light, light latter half of the season and we're all tired and sore and everything else it's just you know i gotta keep keep grinding and keep plugging away at this thing you know because there's a very good end result if i do and it make it all the way up yeah that would be really great for obviously everybody involved you, you said you had to go back home so i i assume they're not they're not here with you correct is what you're saying Yes, no, they're back in Arkansas, yeah. Okay, so they're back in Arkansas. We, you, I'm assuming that means that you've avoided diapers for the most part. Does that mean that when the season ends, it's going to be like your duty for the next maybe five months until baseball starts again? There's going to be a lot of diaper turns that you're going to have to take because you're not doing them now. Oh, yeah, I got the first one, and then I had to leave and come back up here. So she's uh, she's been on her own down there. I mean, her family's been helping, and mine has to, but I'm very – certain she's going to turn him over to me as yeah. soon as season's over with when I get back home. She's going she's gonna to turn all that over to me, which is fine. I, I, I get it. Yeah, that's the way it works, right? Like, you get a little bit of a reprieve, and then it's 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 going to be full-time diaper duty for a little while, and that's and the that's way okay. That, It'll no, be all right. You know what's really funny? But, you know, I've got, a, I've got a six-year-old and i got a four-year-old, and I had never changed a diaper in my life until my first son was born. And I remember, like, in, it was actually genuinely something I was nervous about. Like, I didn't even know how to change a diaper. I was like, I really don't know what I'm doing. And I remember thinking, like, changing someone else's kid's diaper, you're totally grossed out by it. But the first time it's your kid, you're like, I'm actually totally okay. This is my kid. Like, this, I, you have to do this. Like, this is the way that it works. You brought this thing into the world. you got to be willing to, to clean up a little poop every now and then. That's the way that it goes. 
not, it's not so bad, man. It's just not so bad. Blaine Knight is with us. The, uh, the Bay Sox are home right now. Tonight, pregame happy hour event, and throughout the course of the weekend, they're giving away tickets to Six Flags tomorrow on Saturday. Fireworks and an 80s rewind night, plus kids run the bases postgame this weekend and on Saturday and Sunday. Go to BaySox.com right now in order to get your tickets. Um, Blaine, obviously, when you got called up to Bowie, I know he's gone now, but you got to spend some time uh, with Adley and and a man that we genuinely believe walks on water around these parts. W- what did it do to you? I know, um, you know, ironically, you guys faced off against each other once upon a time in the College World Series. But what's it like to, when you are when you're teammates with that guy when you're pitching to him? What does it do for you? How much does it help? And, and even tell me a little bit about what it's like to have him come meet you at the mound at the end of an inning and, and chat with you about what you just did. Yeah, no, Adley's, I mean, Adley's awesome. Everybody knows that. I mean, the, he's extremely good at what he does. And, you know, I remember in all the pre-draft stuff and I got asked about him, you know, my, my words to everybody was, he's probably one of the best hitters I've ever seen from both sides of the plate for power contact. I was like, and he's extremely good behind the plate, but, like, he manages his staff really, really well. And, you know, he adapts to his pitchers and learns his pitchers really well. And, you know, it's, well, I got Adley caught me a couple times in spring training, um, but not a lot. But when I got to Bowie, I mean, he caught me quite a bit. And it was just everything that I saw from the other side of the dugout when I was playing against him, it was really cool to be able to, like, actually throw to him and have him have him help me work my game. And, you know, he's – He's just really good at what he does. I mean, that guy, you want to throw to that guy. He, he's going to fight for you tooth and nail back there. He's going to do anything and everything to help you succeed. And, I mean, he's just he's an awesome teammate and an awesome guy to be around. I mean, every time – I mean, you don't see many catchers that come out there after, after an inning's over and meet you halfway and tell you, good job, and this is what he thinks, or this is what you did well, and this is what we're going to do this next inning. I mean, he's just – He's really good about pumping his pitchers up and making his pitchers work for him. That's awesome, man. It's so awesome to hear it say that. Were you a little taken aback the first time he came to meet you when an inning ended? Like, did you know what was going on at that point? Did you seen it before? Did you were you aware that he did that? Oh, I was aware that he did it. He'd never done it with me, so yeah, it kind of caught me off guard a little bit. But it was uh, it was good. I mean, he just he's coming out there to pump you up and tell you tell you how this stuff looked. Or if you punch the guy out to end the inning, he comes out there and he's. He's, I think he's more excited than you are, probably. That's cool. And so, I mean, he's uh, he's awesome. He's awesome to have back there. I mean, he's a good one. He's a really, really good one. That's awesome, man. That's really, really cool. Um, have you have you been in touch? Have you you know? I, I obviously, I remember talking to you when the uh, the Orioles drafted Heston. Like we we wanted you to be like the Heston Kerstad beat writer, which was the same thing we did <laughs> with uh, uh, with Caden when the Orioles drafted Adley. By the way, it was the same role we gave him. Um, have you been in touch? I know it's been a tough year for him. Have you been in touch with him? Have you have you tried to like send him some encouragement? Like, how's it how's it gone knowing that you were so close with him dating back to Arkansas uh, and everything that he's been through over the last year? Yeah, no, I've kept in touch with him. I've checked in on him. Uh, I've definitely given him the space just because this is a I mean, that's a tough thing for him to do because all the kid wants to do is play baseball, right. and you know, unfortunately, he's not able to. So, I mean. I don't want to hound him too much on it, and but I do keep up with him and check in on him. Uh, he's doing well. Uh, last I talked to him, I know he's itching to get back, um, but they're going to figure out something with him as far as being able to get him back on the field here soon, I hope, um, because that dude, he's, 
he's something else. I mean, he is something else, and I know it's driving him crazy not to be able to play. Cause that's all that kid does. I mean, he eats, sleeps, and breathes baseball. That's yeah, all I, he I was, does. Could so. you could you tell us anything about like n- knowing the type of person he is? How you think he'll be capable of handling this when when he is able to finally get back on a baseball field? It's... He's. Oh, I think he'll handle it fine. Uh, Heston. I said Heston's a good kid. Um, he's got a level head on his shoulders, and I mean, he's going to be eager to get back, and he's going to be anxious just because it's been so long for him. Um, but I mean, once once he gets his feet wet again, uh, I'm not worried about Heston. All I've right. never been worried, worried about him when it comes to that. I love that. I love that. All right, we we had uh, we're dealing with a controversial topic on the show this morning that I want to know if you can chime in on tonight. Of course, is the uh, the Field of Dreams game in baseball out in Iowa. Were were, were you? <laughs> Are you a, a fan of Field of Dreams? Are you too young for it to mean anything to you? Where are you with the movie Field of Dreams? I'm a big Kevin Costner fan. Okay, so I've uh, I've seen it, and uh, it's a it's a really really good movie. I love watching that movie. Mm. Um, I feel like that's a um, I feel like it's a pretty cool thing that's fixing to happen. Um, you know, I mean, I've you've heard you've always heard about being able to play Field of Dreams, do all that stuff, and now like you got a big you got two big league clubs fixing to go at it on a on a field that's right next door to it that. Um, you know that's, and I mean I think pretty sure that's the first big league game in that state if I'm not mistaken. Yep, so correct. It's, uh, that's a big thing for that state. It's a big thing for this game. Um, you know, it's going to be really cool to watch. I can tell you that much. All right, so um, I'm I'm not a Field of Dreams guy, but yet for what it's worth, I'm actually really excited about the game tonight too. Like I'm going to be watching the game despite the fact that I'm not a Field of Dreams guy. Let me pose this question to you: If you could play, if you make the Orioles roster, and they say Blaine, we will play a game anywhere anywhere that you want to go play a singular baseball game somewhere you get to pick where it is where would it be that's tough um man i don't know kind of playing in a cornfield in the middle of iowa sounds kind of cool (laughs) Um, i mean i'm not gonna lie it does i mean it's uh i don't know i mean i feel like a lot of guys are gonna give that answer just because I mean, especially right now because of what's going on. Sure, and you see it, and you're like, it looks so cool, man. Like, it just looks so unbelievably cool to, like, see beyond the wall. It's just corn forever. You're like, what? They really do it. This really is just smack dab in the middle of a cornfield. It's such an amazing aesthetic. No, that's what I would say. I'd probably say that, that, to be completely honest with you. All right, all right. Just because of how, I mean, it's just like, I mean, especially if you've seen the movie and growing up as a kid, you're like, oh, I want to play there. <laughs> and, you know, it's, I mean, I feel, I feel like that'd probably be a lot of answers for a lot of guys. And I, that'd be mine. I would love, I mean, they could hit it 500 feet out in the corn for all I care. <laughs> I would still love it. Be like, dude, I'm playing on a cornfield in Iowa, man. Like, I can't even be mad. I can't even be mad <laughs> that somebody lit me up and, and hit something 500 feet off of me. You mentioned you're a Kevin Costner guy. I mean, obviously, he's been in his fair share of baseball movies. What's your top baseball movie of all time? Mm. Uh, probably for love of the game. Oh, okay. All right. That's that's mm-hmm. you're going that with is. the third. The third of the three that people think of in these situations. Yeah. What I is- really I I enjoy that movie a lot. Um that's a movie that, you know, my dad introduced me to when I was a kid and that's one of his favorite movies and me and him would watch that growing up that's a lot cool. all the time and that's just probably it's been the one that's probably stuck with me the most is that one. Look, I'm, sure. I I hate to tell you it's an incorrect answer. The answer is the sandlot, that's just what it is. But it's still a good answer. It's still a good <laughs> one. I'm not saying it's a bad answer, it's just incorrect is all I'm telling you. <laughs> All right, uh, Blaine Knight. Uh, I know it's at Blaine Knight Ten on Twitter. What about on Instagram? Where can Orioles fans give you a follow on there? Same thing. Same at thing Blaine, on Instagram. Blaine Knight Ten. Give him a follow there as well. And of course, BaySox.com. 
to find out about everything they have going on. The Bay Sox are home the rest of the week with a lot of great promotions coming up. So make sure you get your tickets at BaySox.com. Blaine, really appreciate you taking the time for us, man. Congratulations. There is nothing, literally nothing like being a father, brother. Thank you for taking the time for us, and best of luck moving forward, all right? Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Blaine Knight, the Bowie Bay Sox, Orioles pitching prospect, checking in with us here on GCR. Appreciate him doing that. Today's show also brought to you by the BMW Championship. The top 70 golfers on the PGA Tour will be here at Caves Valley Golf Club for the BMW Championship. Get your tickets right now at bmwchampionship.com. And today is the final day. Last chance for you to win tickets. Pressboxonline.com slash contest is where you go. Grand prize winner gets two passes for the 1899 club on friday august 27th it's an all-inclusive hospitality venue located on the par 4 11th hole tickets also include access to the tournament grounds but on top of that unlimited food wine beer soft drinks stadium style seating shaded area everything there for you in the 1899 club for friday august 27th if you don't win the grand prize you can still be one of four winners You'll get a pair of grounds tickets for one day of the tournament as well. Also, by the way, the, uh, the the club tickets include a parking pass, too, on top of it. So lots of good there. This is it. Today is the final day. By 4 p.m. today, you need to sign up. Pressboxonline.com slash contests. By 4 p.m., pressboxonline.com slash contests to win your tickets to the BMW Championship. Some housekeeping. Uh, Davis's contract and next year, the salary will be deferred over the next three seasons. So it's like split up. So it's not exactly absorbing at all in one hit for the Orioles. Whether that matters to us, it does not. Not but, particularly. Uh, and Rashad Bateman will undergo surgery. Uh, we'll be back sometime in September, John Harbaugh okay. says. All right, we'll talk more about that in a second. Drew Forrester is going to join us next. Drew's MorningDish.com. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Party with the flock at the Ravens Countdown to Kickoff Watch Party presented by Miller Lite on Monday, September 13th at M&T Bank Stadium. Celebrate the start of the season with a live performance by all-time low, plus a watch party for the Ravens vs. Raiders game on the Ravens Vision Boards. Appearances by Ravens legends, cheerleaders, Baltimore's marching Ravens, playmakers, and Poe. Tickets are $10 in advance and $20 the day of the event. Visit BaltimoreRavens.com slash kickoff for tickets and more info. Glory Days Grill's popular summer seasonal menu is back with favorites like their very berry salad and smoky thigh wings. It also features the all-new shrimp po'boy, crispy fried shrimp on a freshly baked sub roll with lettuce, tomato, and a house-made spicy remoulade. Other delicious items include a 12-ounce New York strip steak, the barbecue chicken bowl, barbecue ribs, and smoky thigh wings combo platter, zucchini fries, and a key lime pie. All of these meals pair well with Sam Adams Summer Ale or their anniversary IPA brewed by Devil's Backbone. Glory Days Grill is hiring all positions. Want to work for a great family-oriented company known for their commitment to the community? Stop into one of their restaurants and speak with a manager. Management opportunities are available. The Olympics start soon. Stop in and watch the games at Glory Days Grill. Every child who dines at one of their restaurants during the Olympic Games will receive a gold medal. Find out more by going to glorydaysgrill.com. C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and side 
underwriting specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401-9797 or go to C3America.com for a free analysis. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Baseball is back in full in 2021, and the bat around has got you covered from bell to bell. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and you can catch me along with my co-host, Zach Goodman, every Saturday morning from 10 to 12 on the bat around right here at Press Box Sports. We'll break down every win, every loss, and everything in between, plus tell you who we take to rake each week as the Orioles look to get back in the hunt and bring competitive baseball back to Baltimore. Catch us at PressBoxOnline.com slash the bat around or at Facebook.com slash Sports. That's the bat around every Saturday morning from 10 to 12 right here at Press Box sports it takes time to get rich flavorful coffee beans from the lush mountain regions of colombia and brazil to royal farms but less than a minute to get yourself a delicious hot cup of the finest and freshest coffee in the world because royal farms new swiss made coffee machines grind those rich flavorful coffee beans and brew them one magnificent cup at a time it's why royal farms makes the freshest and best coffee in the world real fresh real fast royal farms Redefine your skills, inspire change, and make a difference. The Army offers the new generation of youth the ability to be part of something bigger than themselves, while also improving who they will become individually. Soldiers have the ability to impact the world in many different ways. The Army supports humanitarian missions ranging from the COVID-19 response to natural and man-made disasters. Visit GoArmy.com forward slash Baltimore. This is Nothing but net. People are all over the place about. We, we're we're going to continue to wait. The Chris, people are very confused about the Chris Davis contract situation, so we're just going to leave that alone and and give it some time until there's a consensus on exactly what it means, uh, what the Orioles are going to do as far as paying Chris Davis moving forward. Um, today's show is Glenn Clark Radio. Just a quick reminder: Stan the Fan had a uh, had a neat show last night, catching up with um, uh, Delaney's own Samantha Lannon, uh, Delaney alum who was a caddy, and that earned her the Evans Scholarship in 2017 and how golf kind of really changed her life. It's a really neat show that Stan did last night. If you missed it, you can find it today at facebook.com slash pressboxsports by clicking on the videos tab or by going to pressboxonline.com. And uh, you can also uh, check out the show that he and Ross Grimsley did with Mike Devereaux earlier in the week after his Orioles Hall of Fame induction all of that available right now. Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports, PressBoxOnline.com. Stan Shows, as always, brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. Drew Forrester, Drew's Morning Dish, is with us this morning. Unfortunately, uh, not on Zoom, but he's with us over the phone. Drew, good morning, pal. How are you? Yeah, I don't have, um, I don't have the Zoom stuff going. I don't know what that I don't know what's going on. I don't know what that means, but I'm just going to I don't gonna, know if my I'm account just gonna, got revoked yeah. or what happened. Well, that's possible. I've I've seen yeah, the things that you've done. 
I'm just going to guess it's related to you being old, personally. I'm I don't know. No, I don't think so. But it, I might have got revoked. I might have done something wrong. I don't know. I, I want to see how you respond before um, before I, I give you the take that I just shared a little bit. Um, where 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 are you? What what has been? What have you vomited out so far? about Chris Davis announcing his retirement this morning. I have vomited out nothing. I know it happened. Um, I, you know, I mean, they're paying him, so it's not, it's not like, it's not woe be me. Not that it ever was, because he already had $150 million. Um, but I haven't really, I don't, know, I don't know what to say. I mean, I think, you know, it's very disappointing what happened to him. I think we could all sit around and have an hour's, worth of discussion and all of us would have different opinions on his decline and why it happened and you know you could have you could have a beer and i'd have juice you know and we'd just sit around and talk about it that kind of thing right you you would have you would have you're you're a wine consumer i i i don't i'm the one who doesn't drink of the two of uh, oh, uh, you, you didn't get it anyway I don't, um, I don't know. but we could we could just sit around we could sit around and talk about it. i you know i mean it's uh, it's it was kind of the inevitable way it was all going to end. I mean, I am a little so, sad for him that he was never able to get back and, you know, g- give it another go. But he gave it four goes, and none of them worked. Correct. So and 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 he kept saying he was going to change things and never change anything, and 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 that. Or if he did change them, they they didn't work. Right. I mean, I, you know, people people say to me all the time, like, I'm changing. And I changed something in my golf swing, and I'm like, "You still shot 85." Right. right. Didn't what really would you change? What'd you change? Well, you know, I mean, that's why. That's why I never bother changing anything in my golf swing. It's perfect. Uh-huh. It's, it's perfect. No, I'm but good. I mean, you know, he might have made some significant changes that our our untrained eye couldn't see, and none of them worked. I don't know, but it would have been cool for him to come back and have some sort of, you know, some sort of small rebirth, because it really. You know, the last four years of this thing have been really disastrous. I bring this. Obviously. I bring this up because I'm 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 in a I'm in a strange place where I am sensing a small group of people, that, and I think they're purposefully doing it to be contrarian, that are trying to shame Orioles fans for their negative feelings about Chris Davis, that are doing the bit where, you know, he's an Orioles Hall of Famer, and he was so good. like they're, I, I'm not. At some point, I think those things will matter. At some point, when the Orioles are good again, if they're ever good again, I guess we start with that. Um, I I think we can look back on that stuff, and that'll matter, and that that should matter. But uh, doing it today, I I, I can't. I, I think you have to either be a robot and 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 feel nothing in order to be capable of doing it, or you're just doing it to try to be a contrarian, a jerk. Um, to try to ask people today, after this, after just how awful this has been for some time, to have any sort of romantic feeling about Chris Davis today is a mistake. It, I, I, I'm, I'm not. I can't vibe with that in any way. I didn't even really think about the Oriole Hall of Fame thing. I mean, is that? I guess that's going to be a an issue. I think. I don't think it's going to be an issue. I don't think the. Mm, there's a couple things here. I don't. I think it's sort of like the Brian Billick thing. I think while the Orioles are paying Chris Davis, still, I think it's gonna be tough for them, right? Like, I think it's gonna be awfully tough um, for them to 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 want to honor Chris Davis while he continues 
to take money for having been really bad at baseball, right? Like, I I think that's going to be a tough thing for them to do. But someday I think it's warranted, right? Like, I do think – I don't know what the time frame is down the road. I, I he's, he's certainly as qualified as a lot of guys are that are already in the Orioles Hall of Fame, with the exception being they were never as bad as he was. Yeah, boy, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I – I'll follow your rule and, and try not to get worked up about it. But I, I don't, I don't know if he's a Hall of Fame, Oriole Hall of Famer. I mean, he had. I'm just spitballing here. I don't have the numbers, but what do you have? 200 home runs in five okay years, yeah. and 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 nothing in the other four, or whatever the math is. I, boy, I just don't know. I, I think he was. He was uh, he was really really good and really really bad and I just don't know that that fits the profile of a Hall of Famer. I think there are Hall of Famers. You know, J.J. Hardy was a really good player who had some decent years and a couple of good years, but for the most part, J.J. Hardy was a good player and he kind of was just always that guy. He was a par shooter. Davis is the guy that made six birdies in a round, and then the next day made four doubles and three bogeys. Sure, sure. and I, I, I don't, I just don't know, man. That that one's a good one. I haven't even thought about it until you brought it up. I, I don't know how you put a guy in your Hall of Fame who was that wretched for three years. Uh, it's and that's that's the tricky part with Chris Davis. And the answer, somebody's answer. I mean, he didn't be, have three down years. He had three yeah, worst years historically in, right, in, the history in that of year. Right, I hear you. I mean, like he yeah, was. He I, was I, truly one of the worst players in baseball history during that time. Like, there's, yeah, there's no getting think, around I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know, man. <laughs> I, I think at some point, yeah, and by the way, like, people will bring up and, you know, what he's what he's done in the community and his charitable. Oh, I think and, that's awesome. And, and I do, and I think that matters in that conversation, but it, again, it, to me, it doesn't matter today. Today, it, I think it matters when we are, when we're separated from it and when the Orioles have maybe recovered from this era and you know Kyle brought up earlier it's not Chris Davis's fault what the Orioles have done like it's not his fault they screwed this up so badly and decided to pay him instead of paying the good players or only pay him like that's that none of that is his fault uniquely but it's still a reflection of of the era of Orioles baseball and I can't separate but it wouldn't have mattered if they were his salary almost sort of kind of doesn't matter I mean he it wouldn't have mattered if you gave him fifteen million or twenty three million. If you hit a buck eighty one, you stink. But it's not. It's uh, sure. I mean, yes, it's about the production or lack thereof. But it's also about the fact that they had, hindsight being twenty twenty, one guy to spend money on, and they chose him. No, it's well, they chose him because he produced. Of course, they but... didn't. They didn't give him that money on the come. That he 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 produced for them. I mean, I'm. But it I'm inevitably, the guy up, it inevitably but I mean, changes like the prism in which you view it, whether right or wrong. Like it's not his. I fault. don't know if I view it about the money. I, 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 again, I don't know if they'd have given him seven years at sixteen million. He'd it's it'd still be outrageously one sided. But it's about the idea that you could look at the story of the Orioles' rebuild being necessary is probably more about how they fumbled the assets that they did have than it is about Chris Davis getting $161 million. But Chris Davis is still the maybe. face of the failure. I mean, maybe. But, um, I mean, you know, maybe. But Machado was never staying in Baltimore. 
they 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 weren't going to keep him. They weren't keeping those guys. Zach Britton was always going to leave. They were all going to go get thirty million dollars or twenty million dollars yeah, from I, some I, other team. Where I'll disagree with you is I I don't know that Nelson Cruz and Nick Marcakis were. They they were well, I, now that I would agree with, but I think you're. I mean Cruz. Cruz is a little bit of an outlier in that. You know this is. This is somewhat kind of not historic, but this isn't what he's doing is a little bit of an outlier. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but not, seven years ago that anyone well, would not, have not for seven years, but home. but for four years, I think that okay, we, you know, right. like I don't think it was absurd. Yeah, I to would think agree that. with that. I think when they buy when they didn't give him the four years, it was pretty easy to say. Dude, in four years, the guy's still going to be hitting 35 homers and knocking in 110 runs. Right. It's not like he was a speed guy. You, you, right. you wouldn't be doing that. You wouldn't have said, dude, in seven years, he'd be doing that. But I know what you mean. Right, right. Great. I mean, yeah. I would say Cruz and Marcakis are two of the uh, of the guys who easier fit the puzzle. Of, that, and, that, and I think that's the trickier problem, right? Like, the right. trickier problem is looking they at the They always fact- had to sign Davis, by the way. Anybody who says they were dumb for signing Davis, you're you're no, just I've, saying it to say it. They I've not, had to sign it. I've not re, I have not rewritten history, but I'll go back and say in the column that I wrote saying this is a good thing, I said, except for if this is the only money that you're going to spend. Like, if this right. is the only money that you're going to spend, you shouldn't have spent it. That's a, a piss-poor thing that, to do. But that, but that topic really doesn't have anything to do with him. I, I mean, I, I don't it, necessarily— it He wasn't going to be any better if they would have spent money on and I'm just using these names— Robinson Cano or right, right. any anyone else who but, became a free agent. But I think the impact, and this is, we tried, again, in, in hashing out this conversation, Drew, I don't know how the Yankees or the Red Sox would feel about the one bad contract that they gave out because it would have been, you know, kind of swallowed by the four other ones they gave out that did perform, and it would be well, easier. Well, I mean, they, they, each have, they each have that guy. They the Red Sox gave Sandoval hundred million dollars to go away, yeah, and uh, the Red Sox gave that. Jacoby Ellsbury hundred million to go away. Yeah, we talked. We talked about that. Like, it's, <laughs> I, I, I don't and know. They, and I don't think they. I don't think they breathe differently. Any morning they wake up over there, they just go, eh, you know, yeah, we did that, but we also and we gave uh, Giancarlo Stanton two hundred million, and he stinks too. Correct. But, I, I just don't know if the vitriol is as significant from those fans towards a particular player, just because. It's easier to forget about that because there were other guys on the team that were really good and were kind of, you know, covering up how bad that contract was. Right, that's I, correct. I, I, I just don't know. I don't know how they feel about it. Look, I, it's, it's a, there is some conflict because I do appreciate the fact that Chris Davis did some good things in the community and, you know, he did have really good years. We've, we've kind of allowed for revisionist history and making like the story of the Orioles best years to be about Chris Davis, which isn't true. Um, his best years were 2013 and 15 when they weren't in the playoffs. Um, it, it's, it's sort of weird the way that it worked. And he was a big part of the problem in 2014 when the Orioles had their best chance of winning, right? Like th- there, there is some weird revisionist history that goes along with it and saying, I have these really positive feelings about the best Orioles teams in my life and Chris Davis when, oddly, when Chris Davis was at his best, it wasn't the best Orioles teams. 2012 was 
He was, he was good right. Then. He was okay, he so, was productive. He was he part, was part of, it, of what was but he a wasn't, lot of people associate with one of their most fun memories from the season, right? Like the Red Sox game and him pitching will always and, be and one of my more. It's a fun memory, you know, but the truth is he wasn't really the story of 2012. But and it was still like he was had some like that Rays walk off he hit in September to push them to the wild card, right? Like he was still. I get it. You're arguing with something I'm not saying. His best. It wasn't his best. He wasn't the story of the season. He was part of it. The story, the seasons that were his seasons, just happened to be seasons in which the Orioles weren't particularly good. And we have conflated these things and made it for the people that want to tell the positive story about Chris Davis. We've made it as though Chris Davis was the reason why the Orioles were their best, and he wasn't. Truth be told, he just that. 2014 had next to nothing to do with Chris Davis. Right. Well, I'm yeah. still here. Oh, are you? You have yeah. anything else? You have anything yeah. else you want no, to talk I about? I don't have anything else on Chris, Chris Davis. I'm going to do what you suggested and let it marinate a little bit. Yeah, I just, to me, that's what it is. Like, I'm all for, you know, not, I, I don't, I don't want to urinate on the guy's grave. I'm not trying to, to take right, shots no. at Chris I mean, Davis today. The, That's, the numbers, the numbers do that. You don't have, you don't right, have to do it. Correct. I, I, I am all for you know having a con, uh, trying to have a complete conversation. It's the bit where people are trying to do, trying to make it seem as though the story of Chris Davis should be all of these good things. I, I, I can't join you there. I cannot join you there. It got way too bad for me to be capable of having that conversation. Right. Drew Forrester, DrewsMorningDish.com. So uh, if you want to talk about something exciting, they're playing a fake football game on Saturday night. I mean, no. you want to you wanna chime in? I'm so in good with that, it ain't even funny. Um, <laughs> by the way, you, no, remember, you remember no we used football. to – do you remember the way we used to do this? Like, we used to treat these things like they were – like, they matter. Oh, my gosh. We, we, would, do, we would do full – here's who's playing, here's yep. who we're looking at. Oh, we'd have to – opine on it now we ignore it all the same all the same segments yeah all the same segments that we did for a regular season game we would do the exact same segments for preseason we would treat preseason games like they were a thing and i can't figure out if like if like were we just rubes or did culture shift i i don't looking back on it i can't believe that i was ever that way i can't believe how much i despise the thought well, of preseason football now i won't watch any of this i won't yeah, even I won't either. put it in the back you got to remember this when we were doing it for the most part the team was still sort of kind of relying on the media to to do that now the team does it themselves okay yeah right. i mean the, the the dirty little secret is they the, the team doesn't need, want, or even care about the media anymore. The ones they've cared, the ones they care about, and I'm, and I'm not just saying the Ravens here. Hold on just a second, because i got to mm. tell somebody something. Hold That's on very second. important. Drew Forrester is with us, DrewsMorningDish.com. This allows me the opportunity to remind you that at Glory Days Grill, they are hiring. If you're someone who's coming out of all of this, has sorry. been looking. I, I'm, I'm doing a Glory Days read. You love oh, Glory sorry. Days, so that's all right. Uh, they're hiring all positions. Want to work for a great family-oriented company known for their commitment to the community? Then stop into one of their restaurants to speak with a manager. Management opportunities are available at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill, glorydaysgrill.com. And I wasn't saying just the Ravens. All the teams are like this. The, the media people that the teams like, they've hired. Right, right. I mean, that's the truth. You yeah. know, all you got to do is look at the baseball team and look I, and see who's doing I, their all I, their. I've their said broadcasts. this. I've said this, by the way, Drew. Like, I with no people ask me like, "Hey, you're going to go out to see the Ravens?" I'd be like, "They don't want me there." Like, yeah, they, correct. They don't. They I, really don't. Like, like and, and, then, and and I'm not even. I, I, I mean, some people would say, 
you know, that's garbage and blah blah blah. Oh, they it's they just, they would be mad. They would be mad when if when I say that to their face, like, and I have, I've had this conversation with people over there. They get mad at me for saying it, but it's their but it's a- the truth. Their actions. You, prove if it. you went out there today and you got on your phone and said, "Boy, I tell you what, on that thirty-one Tiger sweep to the left." Dobbins is Dobbins gets into that hole so well they would immediately come to you and go dude you can't you can't send right. that out correct you're not you're not allowed so to say I, but I I asked Bo and completely forgetting about it, I asked Bo the first week like hey with uh, Ronnie Stanley not out there what does the offensive line look like and he had to do six levels of mental gymnastics because he's not right. allowed to say here's how right. the offensive linemen lined up so, in practice today right so there so what they do now and this is what the answer to your question is in the, in the old days you and I and whoever else was there, we would go to the games and we would say, this guy looked good. That guy right. didn't really look that good. Boy, that guy's on the bubble. Well, now the team's PR people and the guys that write for the website, they they just tell you. Right. And that's – it's okay. And it's I, the way it, they want it. But I – you know, like, I mean, Drew, I know this so is crazy. We don't crazy. have to do it anymore. I think <laughs> you're right about that, but I also, like, remember – I remember, and maybe it's just because I was so young and so stupid and all that. I, like, remember – there being a time where I felt excited. That night where there was a preseason game going on and they put Michael Phelps' race up on the screen afterwards yeah, was, that was, cool. was one of the most electric nights yeah. I remember experiencing I remember in Baltimore. Yeah, that was pretty cool. And, and like now, I don't – the amount of money it would take for you to get me to go – and I'm not even going to be in town on Saturday, so it's not an option. But like the amount of money that it would take for you to get me to go to this game on Saturday night – I. I don't know what it would be. I'm so averse to it. So I don't know if it's that the product it, – It's I know your side of it is completely true about the media, but I'm just talking about me personally as, in my interests and my investment. I, I don't know if it's that the product got worse or I got more knowledgeable about how bad it was well, or exactly what it was. Well, they've also taken it upon themselves to, like, rest starters more. Like, they don't do the whole first quarter for the starters and yeah, sort I mean, of that, turned that, more that into That probably a, has something to do with it. Yes, it probably does have something to do with it. Once upon a time, it did feel a little bit more like Who are they like playing football. Saturday, by the way? New Orleans is who they're playing. No, he means – Oh, oh. Well, that's yeah. nice. No, okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess. I don't know who's playing for that. I imagine both St. Cornerbacks will play. Well, it might Probably. be your last chance to see Drew Brees. No, sadly, I don't think – I think you missed out on that. <laughs> I think you missed out on that one altogether. Hey, All I right. follow sports. Do you, though? But but do I know you? He, I know he's out with an injury. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, so what are you doing? Kyle, Kyle came in today and said, do you think Cabrera will hit it today? I don't know if you've, you've heard Miguel Cabrera. I know, I know. He had 99 last night, right? Uh, I think he'll sit in today. What's that? Yo, you think, think they sit in the day because it's an, it's an so afternoon do it game? At home. Oh, that makes yes. more sense, too. That would make sense. Yes. Bummer. Would, would you... And, you know, with our pitching staff, there's no guarantee that he won't hit four today. Well, well there's going to be 99 degrees also. The ball should be flying. I guess no, my... they're going to sit in today. Kyle and I had this whole debate back and forth about it where he was like, that's pretty cool. And I'm like, is it? Like, why? I don't. I, maybe it's because I don't really have any romantic feelings about Miguel Cabrera. I know he was a hell of a baseball player for some time, but like he was a great player. He's one of the top twenty players of his generation, probably. No doubt. But like, oh, I, I remember, he is. I remember feeling more like if Ken Griffey Jr. had a chance to hit his five hundredth home run in Baltimore, I would have been geeked for that. Like I would have right. paid for a ticket to watch Ken Griffey Jr. try to hit home run number five hundred. No, don't, no, no. This guy's a great, he's great, arguably player, the best not, hitter of my lifetime. Miguel Cabrera, all-around hitter. 
I mean, as far as like a 300 average all the time, a guy who at age 19 came up and was automatically one of the better hitters in the But he wasn't better than Albert Pujols was. I mean, he He might not be better than Mike Trout for what it's worth. He's definitely not better than Mike Trout. I'm on a one-week baseball boycott anyway. Wait, wait, wait. Why are you on a baseball boycott? Because the White Sox demoted Gavin Sheets. Oh, Gavin Sheets. We were talking about that earlier. So I went on a one-week. I'm on a one-week hiatus. They did that before the thing tonight. I know. He was... I'm not going to say I, much because I, I talked to him, I so I don't want to say anything. I mean, come but on. We know it was before the the game. I'll just leave it at that. That sucks. That <laughs> absolutely sucks. All right, anything, anything, yeah. anything else going on in your world? Um, I don't think so. I think uh, we're all hey, good. I had we're, I had a couple people who already got their donations, and there's a lot of you that owe, owe us money, and I'm just trying to be straight about that. We I know that Drew didn't make any birdies, but we agreed. Hey, up you deadbeats. We agreed that. And what was the number of pars that you made? I mean, I don't remember. Just give us twenty-five bucks. I think it was thirteen. Right? I thought I thought it was sixteen, yeah. and we were thir- doing thir- sixteen or something. Just yeah. give it, give us sixteen dollars or twenty. Well, I think we said thirty-two. <laughs> I think we agreed thirty-two was the number. Thirty-two dollars is what we asked. Some of you went above and beyond. Nick Kelly, Tim from Bel Air went way above and beyond what we had nice. asked for. The rest of you, I need you and uh, it's Venmo or pay- Ven- uh, Venmo 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 or PayPal. Glenn Clark Radio Gmail dot com. Get in with your donations, and we'll use it to go get stuff for the guys at uh, Helping Up Mission. But we're asking for some denomination. Hey, Alpha, we're going to get Rocco minutes. to come and get you like Hell they did yeah. in Caddyshack. That's exactly what we're doing. At It's a Hooded 4 on Twitter, DrewsMorningDish.com. Appreciate you, pal. We'll talk to you next All week. All right. We'll see you, boys. Drew Forrester checking in with us, as he does every week here on GCR. Today's show also brought to you by the Baltimore Ravens and their Countdown to Kickoff Party. This is going to kick ass. Party with the Flock at the Ravens Countdown to Kickoff Watch Party presented by Miller Lite. Monday, September 13th at M&T Bank Stadium. A performance by all-time low, plus watch the Ravens-Raiders game on the Ravens Vision Boards. Visit BaltimoreRavens.com slash kickoff for tickets. Speaking of the Ravens, Joe Corey is going to join us next. Former NFL agent, CBS Sports cap analyst. We will chat with him about the Lamar Jackson situation. That's next. Glenn Clark Radio. Here. Watch out! For the first time, the PGA Tour's FedEx Cup Playoffs is coming to Maryland. The top 70 players in the world converge on Kays Valley Golf Club for the 2021 BMW Championship, August 24th through 29th, 2021. Baltimore's iconic and challenging course provides the perfect test as the playoffs heat up. Tickets are now available. Don't miss your chance to watch the drama unfold. Visit BMWChampionship.com today. C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401 or go to c3america.com for a free analysis. This is how you get a premium cup of coffee. Better and faster than the drip, drip, drip method. And way better than a large urn of lukewarm coffee made who knows when. At Royal Farms, our new Swiss-made coffee machines grind fresh premium beans on the spot and then brew them one cup at a time for the freshest, most flavorful cup of premium coffee you can buy. This is Royal Farms Coffee. It's better because it's the freshest coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. 
Sports and Social Maryland is bringing the ultimate fan experience to you at Live Casino and Hotel. We take sports viewing to the next level with a massive 100-foot media wall, 47-foot big screen, 40 HD TVs, extensive beer selection, big eats, in-venue gaming, bowling, and more. The perfect destination for sports enthusiasts and fun seekers. We're raising the sports bar at Sports and Social Maryland. Come see for yourself. Book your table now at SportsSocialMD.com. That's SportsSocialMD.com. It's Window Nation's 15th year anniversary. During August, all customers that get an in-home estimate will be entered to win your home project for free. That's correct, a chance to win free, top-of-the-line, energy-efficient Window Nation windows installed by experts with over 15 years' experience that will keep your home cool during the summer months and warm during the colder months. If you don't win, get half of your windows free with their buy two windows and get two free deal. Plus, pay nothing for two full years. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you. The biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out. Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it. Adam Cole. How are you guys doing today? Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. The champ, Drew McIntyre. Thank you for having me. The great Ron Simmons. Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Le Champion. Chris Jericho. Le Champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Tweet us at Glenn Clark Radio. 21st Century Talk Radio at GlennClarkRadio.com. All right, back in here on GCR as we continue on a Thursday edition of the program. Today's show also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. Make the most out of every day in a Toyota RAV4 available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Uh, some more Chris Davis-related responses today. Our buddy Paul Valley from the Bat Around uh, checks in. I will only ever think about Chris Davis positively. His 2012 to 2016 run was phenomenal and coincides with the best run of Orioles baseball since the 70s and 80s. They could put him in the Orioles Hall of Fame tomorrow, and it would be warranted. Um, two thoughts there. No, first of all, I mean, a lot of that is factually inaccurate. Um, and I'm, I'm not trying to knock uh, Paul, but like the 96, 97 Orioles were, were certainly by far better than the 2012 Orioles were. Um, the 2014 Orioles were as good as the 97 Orioles. That's, that's, that's for sure. Um, but I, you know, it's just, I, I'm not trying to nitpick. It's just, a, and that's not true. Um, and then again, as I already pointed out, like the, the weird part about Chris Davis is while he was certainly productive, for example, 2016 and 2012, 2012, he, would, he had 33 home runs at 85 RBI and he hit 270. 2012 was a good season for Chris Davis. It was a, a really good season, in fact. He wasn't it was his the, breakout season. It was his breakout season. He wasn't the singular story of the Orioles, but he was a big part can, of it. You can make an argument that for Played again, some really good first base defense. Was, also, what was more? Um, yeah, 
he was nimble. Over he was there. DHing a lot too because Mark Reynolds was still on that team and playing first base. He wasn't right, maybe later in his career. He started yeah, playing. He, that, he was a really right, good defender that at first. That didn't come along then. Um, but he was he was certainly a, a part of that story. It was the first like but, trade for the Orioles. It felt like it worked out. No doubt about <laughs> that. But you also have to acknowledge that wasn't a really good Orioles team. It was a really good memory for us because they had been so bad for so long that it was still the most it, fun season it, in my life. It probably. meant it meant a lot. I mean, the, the I mean, one I, run wins, extra innings, all I, that stuff. I, 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 right. You're trying to. I'm I'm trying to define that a certain way. I I'll leave that alone for a second because there's just no way to debate it. Um. But it, you, you can't ignore that the team that had the chance was really hurt by Chris Davis. And that I can't separate from. Um, and if what you're saying, and again, if your standard is the Orioles Hall of Fame, what you're really saying is there is such a low standard for the Orioles Hall of Fame that, sure, it would be warranted. But they need to wait. They need to wait a little bit while. They don't want anybody booing Chris Davis. They're going to need to wait in order to do something like that. Let's uh, talk a little bit more. We've been talking a lot about Lamar Jackson. Obviously, when Josh Allen got his deal, the thought was, well, don't we have enough to know what Lamar Jackson's deal should look like at this point? What are we really waiting for any longer? Joining us now to try to explain that to us, he, of course, is a former agent and the salary cap expert for CBSSports.com. He's a friend, Joel Corey, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Joel, it's Glenn and Kyle. It's always good to chat with you, sir. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Sure, no problem. Uh, sorry, Joe. We just need to fix something really quickly, audio-wise, and then we will be right back with you. Apologies for that, Joe. Can you take me through it in my setup? I say I feel like we have all the information that we need. Uh, with Josh Allen getting his deal, should we be at the point now where there we really know what this should look like for the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson? Yeah, well, I always thought the safest thing for Lamar to do was let Josh Allen go first and have that deal be somewhat of a roadmap for an extension. There are a couple things in the extension that the, each respective side isn't going to like. One, it's a six-year extension. I doubt Lamar's side likes that. And then if you're talking longer-term extension than the typical four years that everybody else has been doing besides Mahomes and Allen, there are these mechanisms where money in the later years becomes guaranteed a year earlier that the uh, Ravens aren't going to like. So. Uh, we'll kind of see if this actually does help them get it done. I know uh, Harbaugh said uh, in response to the deal getting done that there's no rush to get anything done. Lamar's going to be our quarterback for a long time. I kind of took that to mean that we don't want to pay him like Josh Allen right now. That may be right or wrong, but that was just my initial thought when hmm. I saw that comment. I guess I bring that up. Uh, you know, the, the, My question would be, if we've got the blueprint, why, why, what is the advantage in not having it done at this point for the Baltimore Ravens, right? Like what – I. I is there a world in which it could be cheap? I just don't see what could happen that would make it cheaper to get a Lamar Jackson contract done. And if he were to go out and win MVP again this year and the Ravens would win the Super Bowl, it would seem as though it would be quite more costly in order to get it done at that point. Yeah, you've kind of been through that scenario. Yeah. Not necessarily winning regular season MVP. You had a guy play out of his mind for four games and end up briefly making him the highest paid uh, quarterback in the league. So, yeah. That is the concern. Um, also, on the flip side, we saw with Dak Prescott that you can have a season-ending injury, and as long as it isn't career-threatening, it's not going to affect your value. Right. So there really isn't anything why you wouldn't want to get a deal done sooner rather than later unless you just don't like the Josh Allen deal. And that could go from both sides because the length of contract something I don't like if I'm Lamar's side, and I don't like the structure if I'm the Ravens. 
can you explain that a little bit more, Joel? Why you don't like that on Lamar's side? Like, what what would the reason be that you wouldn't want to go that long? That's why Dak Prescott couldn't get a deal done last year when he was franchised in 2020. The Cowboys typically do long-term deals. He wanted a four-year deal because he wanted as many bites as the apple as possible because salaries will escalate, particularly with the new media rights deals being done and the NFL figuring out how to exploit gambling revenue. Are we at a place with contracts yet? I know this was a big thing in the NBA for a little while. Are we at a place with contracts yet where players can do a deal – recognize that and say but if the salary cap escalates we need to have either it's an out or whatever it is in order to recognize that so that you know you can you can get the aesthetic of a six-year deal but recognize hey if if money changes drastically we can do something about that no you're not there and there's one reason in the cba which prevents that you can't have like a player option to terminate as in the nba because when you give the sole control to a player to terminate an NFL contract, the signing bonus only gets prorated through the years before the player can void out of the deal. So okay. that's not going to fly for an NFL team. Okay. All right. That's interesting. It's something that they'll uh, they'll have to look at. Joe Corey is with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. Joe, I'm going to ask you something that I've asked a couple other people, and, and it's we're in such a different world right now. Um, there's literally no precedent for this. I I would imagine that the Baltimore Ravens have to be concerned about the fact that Lamar Jackson isn't vaccinated. I mean, I, I know as a fact that they are concerned about the fact that Lamar Jackson isn't vaccinated. And I've wondered if in any world you tie that. You say, look, man, we... We we maybe we, maybe they do know what the deal is and what they that they want to do, but they just say, but we don't want to sign it until you get vaccinated. They somehow want to use the contract as something that's out there to try to encourage their quarterback to get vaccinated and not be at risk of of missing significantly more games this season as they try to go win the Super Bowl. Is there anything they can do legally or sort of behind the scenes, wink wink, nudge nudge, to make the vaccination topic part of a long term contract? I'm honestly surprised it hasn't happened before. Josh Allen uh, is someone who's been reluctant to get vaccinated. I, to my knowledge, he hasn't gotten vaccinated, but you could attack it from the other end. There's a laundry list of reasons why guarantees can void. Sometimes they can void just on fines. That's the terrible language that an agent would put in there. At one point when the kneeling for the anthem was an, a major issue three, four years ago, however long ago it was, I thought teams might put that in there as a reason to void. I wouldn't be surprised if if this pandemic continues and we have other variants besides the Delta variant, that at some point some team tries to insist upon language where if you end up missing games because of COVID, your guarantees void. That may be a way to attack. It. Interesting. Would do you, but do you think the the player would go for that? <laughs> like, if you're not vaccinated, wouldn't that become almost a poison pill for Lamar Jackson's camp in in doing a contract? Uh, you would think that there'd be a lot of pushback, but <laughs> right. you'd also be surprised about agents who don't read the addendums of the contract as carefully as they should. Jeez. So it could be snuck in there, and if they don't catch it. Joe, are, are, are you are you at all worried about Lamar doing this without a traditional agent? Uh, it depends on whether he has an experienced advisor. We've seen guys get very good contracts who don't have a traditional agent that had someone who had some experience um, on the team giving them some sort of advice. 
Bobby Wagner was the highest paid off ball linebacker. Laramie Tunsil got a better deal than Ronnie Stanley, who had an agent. And DeAndre Hopkins is causing problems for Devontae Adams getting done because that deal was just so far out of whack compared to the receiver market. So, you know, what your point is, is it can work, right? It can work. And, and as long as you got somebody that's, that's working with you, and we believe that's the case with Lamar. We just don't, we still don't fully know who it is that that's the case with, but we believe that they have people that they're working with to try to get a deal done. Is there any, is there any world in which the nature, like I, I've been through this a few times with different people, Joel, that the, there's an opinion that exists that, hey, the Ravens would want to do a different type of contract for Lamar Jackson because he's a different type of quarterback and he's not doing the same things that the Josh Allen is doing or that, you know, insert name is here. And my response has always been, right, but those are the things the Ravens have asked him to do. And so I don't think, like, you know, if they were to present that to his people and say, well, we don't want to do the same type of deal because you're not, you're, you're not throwing the ball as much as these guys are wouldn't his team say back, like, that's irrelevant. We are doing exactly what you want us to do in this offense. You're going to pay us like every other quarterback. Yeah, that, that's true. That's exactly what they say. I, I'd go one step beyond that and ask the Ravens, who was Mike? Who was uh, Lamar Jackson before Lamar Jackson? And, they, and if they knew where I was going, they would say Michael Vick. And that would be my opening to go, well, when Michael Vick, signed his big deal with the Atlanta Falcons, he was less accomplished as a pocket passer than Lamar Jackson, and he became the second highest paid player in the NFL. So if it it wasn't a concern for the Falcons with Michael Vick, it shouldn't be a concern for you guys with Lamar. If you want to wait and you don't want to, that's fine, but you'll pay for it in the long run. I, it's it's interesting the way that you say that too, and what you what you bring up like somebody would say, you know, doesn't it behoove Lamar to get this done now because at the end of the day the Ravens could hold it over him and you know franchise him two times and you could be far down the road. Well, when I look at Lamar's age when he came into the league, I I, I would think that that's not a lot of leverage for the Baltimore Ravens to try to hold that over him. No, it's not. How did that work out for Dallas playing the franchise tag game? What they should have done is made him a priority, Dak that is, before getting DeMarcus Lawrence done when he was on his second franchise tag. You're paying him in the low 30s per year as opposed to $40 million per year. So if you want to drag this thing out, you want to pay Lamar Jackson potentially $50 million per year? Yeah, be my guess. Yeah, go for it, right? Like, absolutely. We'll, we'll sit back and... And we'll take that deal at that point. Joel Corey, just another minute or two with him here on Glenn Clark Radio. Um, Joel, does it need to be more like, you know, the, the old the way old way of thought? And I know that Mahomes were, were creating as an anomaly here, but the old way of thought was one quarterback got paid, the next quarterback has to get more. You always have to reset the quarterback market every time a quarterback gets a deal. Does it need to be more than what Josh Allen got? Or are, are we at the point where the numbers are so big that that's not a concept that exists anymore. Basically, anything that's in the same you know area is 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 doable and workable, and that makes sense. Well, if you're going to go less than six years, I can't see the Ravens paying the same average as Josh Allen. You could do that with Mahomes. You could take where he was at certain points in his contract because the thing is so backloaded that it made sense to go. I want more than where Mahomes is after four new years or 
Josh Allen is after six new years more than Mahomes. But if you go after four new years because Allen's is conventionally structured, you're talking over $44 million per year. I don't see the Ravens doing that on a shorter term. If you want to match up six-year term, six-year term, yeah, I could see the Ravens going um, extension, that is, more than Josh Allen. But if it's going to be anything less, I don't think they get to $43 million per year. All right. All right. Um, so I, I read something recently that you wrote about the uh, – the, we are, we are getting to the point where there's going to be a $30 million player in the NFL that's not going to be a wide receiver. Like, that's going to happen in the not-so-distant future. Might happen this year? Yep. That's unbelievable. That's that's really unbelievable that that's where the money is. And, and maybe starts to close the gap a bit. Like, when we see all these crazy NBA contracts and NFL players start to complain about no, them. We're still, not, we're still not close to NBA. To that. Right? I'm not trying to say that. right? Well, except for Dennis Schroeder. Other than that. Yeah, a lot a lot of guys manage to do even better than that, but I hear what you're saying. Uh Joe no, Corey. Steph Curry's making like fifty three million per year on his extension. We're not there in the uh NFL yet. Yeah, but but, Pat, but hang on, Patrick Mahomes isn't that far from that, right? Yeah, but he's basically signed until the twenty third century. Well, okay, but if you're making that much money, you can't be all that mad about it, can you? I think At some point, he's going to be unhappy because there are going to be 12 quarterbacks who have passed him by, and they're going to have to adjust that deal. Hey, uh, the other thing I wanted to, to follow up on is a tweet I saw from you about Michael Tom- Like, I, 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 don't, I think the Ravens are going to be fine. I don't think they're going to end up back in the wide receiver market. We wanted them to be in the Julio Jones market, and they weren't. But if they were, what is the reality for Michael Thomas contract-wise? Well, we only need a million dollars of cap room to take it on for this year, and that's the only thing that matters in the short term because $11.6 million of his $12.6 million base side was converted into signing bonus. Then what's the compensation? If Odell Beckham Jr. went for a first third and a safety, you're probably going to be in similar territory, if not more, even though Michael Thomas is coming off of a down year. I think that the Saints – are going to mend everything with him. They can't really afford not to have him around. Emmanuel Sanders is gone. Their second receiver from last year. You have a new quarterback, so you really need him for the 10, 12 games, however many games he's going to play this year because of the late ankle surgery. I don't see a trade happening. All right. At Corey Joel is how you follow him on Twitter. Joel, what else can I plug for you, sir? Uh, got podcasts inside the cap. Uh, weekly on NFL salary cap and contract matters. Very good. Give that a look. Uh, Joel Corey, always appreciate you taking the time for us. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. Hey, thanks for having me. Joel Corey, CBSSports.com, former NFL agent, checking in with us. It's an interesting thought, right, that like you, 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 you avoid guarantees. That's how you go about approaching this related to COVID. But I, I would just think if a player is not vaccinated – they would immediately balk at that. They would say... That would imply they have an understanding of the risk. Right. So if they had an understanding of the risk in the first place, they might go and get vaccinated. I mean, I... I, I there's just so much. There. No, I get the idea. The idea is you're trying to use the contract to encourage him to get vaccinated, right? Like, But if they're not vaccinated, why would they agree to that contract? It's Now, to Joel Corey's point, like... Some guys just don't even notice it. It's an mm-hmm. addendum we threw in. Like, I'm not really sure that's something that you want to do. That's the type of business that you want to sure. do with Might the as guy well just that's keep the, franchising if that's the case. Correct. The guy that's the face of your franchise, like to then have him find out when he gets COVID that he's gonna lose like that sounds like you're setting yourself up for it's the old Antonio Brown, remember? 
Well, the I don't, practice thing where you didn't show up at the training camp, and they were like, oh, by the way, you're not getting the money you were told you would get for your signing Yeah, bonus. it sounds like you're going to set yourself up to have an <laughs> yeah. uncomfortable relationship with someone who means a great deal to you, and that's not something that I necessarily want to do. Although somebody else would say it's a, he made it uncomfortable by not getting vaccinated, sure. right? Like, that's that's not on the Ravens. That's on him. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think there has to be a way, and unfortunately it might be that you offer more money to get him vaccinated. Like, I hate that that's where we are. It's insane that that's where we are, but we see the same thing happening in states where they're like, look, we will pay you 100 bucks to go get vaccinated. I would kind of like my 100 bucks. Right. Like, yeah, what do I get that? Um, we'll do a lottery. We'll do all of these things to try to get you to get vaccinated. Yes. Incentivize it. And unfortunately, it seems to me like that's the more likely scenario for how you include it. Look, we'll throw in an extra guarantee of blank, an extra guarantee of a million dollars if you just go get vaccinated, which sounds insane. Why would you ever have to do that? But it might ultimately be that if the priority is just we need to get this player vaccinated to make sure that we are setting ourselves up to not be hurt by it this season, you might have to bite the bullet. The truth serum to talk about, like speaking of Drew Forrester, if they were to be asked, would you pay a million dollars for Lamar Jackson to get vaccinated? I think a corporation like the Baltimore Ravens might, would probably say yes. Might, might very well. Might very well. All right. Um, we are winding down for a Thursday edition of the program. It's time for us to do this. Young Utes is brought to you by Window Nation. Speaking of young, they're celebrating only their 15th anniversary. They can't even drive yet. They can drive prices to a good place for you. During August, all customers that get an in-home estimate will be entered to win your home project for free. Or you buy two windows and you get two free. Plus, pay nothing for two full years. 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. The penultimate edition of Young Utes. My final. Young Jack. Yeah, so uh, do you guys trade shirts now or? Well, he already gave me his autograph. Yeah, but you it's supposed to be on the jersey that you were wearing that day. That's the way that this works. I understand what you're trying to suggest, but we figured out something else. A separate yeah, arrangement. Not, I don't really want to divulge it, it on like air. A, like a COVID situation? No, that you didn't no, feel like no. you could do it? Undergarments. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, all right. All right. He gave me his thought. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's, uh, that's going to be a collector's item one day. That's going to be one you're going to want to hold on to. All right, young Jack. Uh, you better bring it, these last couple of uh, young youths. I'm trying. I'm better, trying. better bring it. Yeah. Um... So this first one that I have is kind of because I've had some pretty gross experiences at a uh, like a fast food chain. So I feel like I personally resonated. Uh, with It's this very story. important. Is this a fast food chain that we have a good relationship with or not? It's Panera. No. We All don't. right, we're good. Go for it. <laughs> so, Torch them. I'm going to find out tomorrow <laughs> that Panera is right. interested. All yeah, right. Like, well, we I were really thinking about spending some money with you guys. Just but. like I was thinking about spending eight dollars on a turkey and cheese sandwich. <laughs> um. So the, uh, there's the way, a, everybody freaks out about like, they're like, you know what I love is getting some soup at Panera. They give you that bread. I'm like, you can just get, like, you don't need to go to Panera for Campbell's, that. Correct. Soup. Well, talking about the soup, actually. Ba- I, is it a baguette? Is that what they call that? Whatever. Sorry. Go ahead. Um, I'm sorry. The, uh, the, there was a couple stores in Texas and supposedly the, they packaged the Panera soup. One of their, I think it's the chicken tortilla soup. Okay. You can buy it in like a grocery store. Okay. And and, there, so. and and in Texas, this is where 
it kind of started to break out was the the packaging of the soup had parts of like uh, hand gloves that are like oh. that people put on I'm not looking in, for that. inside of the soups. At I'm, least they're sanitary. Yeah, <laughs> well, I, but I'm gonna offer <laughs> well, a I hot take. So. I'm gonna offer a hot take. I don't like my soup with glove. I don't. I don't. It's not, I don't not, typically ask for that when I order my the glove soup. soup's love it this time of year. Is it? <laughs> Right. So, so that's well that in itself is kind of like the yeah, biggest disgusting. turn off it's yeah. not, not i mean there's probably things that'd be worse to find in there oh definitely things that would be worse pretty gross, yes. yes not good not a good one so i was gonna say i was gonna bring up the uh the story that happened to me a couple years back i don't eat at this place anymore just because it's just i i don't know if the partnership Again, or anything so i'm careful. not gonna say, i'm not i won't say the name of the place yeah how about you uh you write it down and then i'll tell you whether or not we're allowed to talk about okay. it why don't you go that route always a safer bet in this situation He's about finds out he's about to tell us a terrible experience about a place that we love. I'll right. be like, nope, no, 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 no. You uh, we have no, we have no relationship with them. That's okay, fine. all right. So I was actually at school. There's a Jimmy John's at, at oh, University okay. of Maryland. So I was there getting lunch, and I have not gone back since my freshman year. Actually, um, when I walked in and ordered like a basic whatever, the person making it clearly was something was kind of off with this person. Mm-hmm. And they're going through the line. They say, like, what are the toppings? You want all this kind of stuff. So I'm just giving her, like, what I want, lettuce, tomato, all that. And the person drooled in my sandwich and didn't even realize that the, that they had done that. So Did when you I, say something? So I had said, um, excuse me, but I think you just drooled. <laughs> and I couldn't do this with a straight face. I was, like, with some of my friends. I was like, can, can you believe this just happened in front of our face? And she has no clue that it just happened. So I go, uh, excuse me, I think you just drooled in my sandwich. Is there any way you can you can make me a new one? Because Reasonable request. that right. one's going in the garbage. Yeah, yeah. Hold, the second. hold the drool. Yes. Right. Yeah. Good method to keep a sandwich if you're a worker, though. Yeah, I mean, if you were looking to get a, right. a, a personal. Yeah, right? no, I like no. what he's building here. So she kind of, she kind of gets like a little upset at me bringing this whole yeah, thing up to is, her. This, and there's no easy way to do this. Well, I was like, well, it's going to be weird when I buy the sandwich and then walk to the trash and just throw it away and then go back into line and get a new one. So I kind of had you, to. Nor should you have to. Right. No, right. So uh, I kind of, I didn't want to cause like a, uh, like a big scene or whatever. I was just asking this pr- person like pretty politely. Like, uh, you can just get that out. Like, I don't want to look at it anymore. It's also not really a reasonable con for somebody to pull. It's not like they're gaining anything. They're just making yes, throw away a sandwich. Yeah, correct. You know? Yeah, you're only getting this one sandwich to begin right. with. Um, it's still awkward. This is, I have a real, I got to tell you, this is one of my real big issues in food is like when something's slightly wrong with a meal, I'm just going to eat it. Like if you, if cool, I. though? Not, oh, no, no, that's a different conversation. I'm I'm if something if I'm sitting down somewhere and someone brings me something and it's slightly off from what I ordered I'm just going to eat it. And the reason But what is a slight? How do you define I'm, slight? I'm talking like So um, like if you ordered a steak and wanted it medium but it came like medium rare yep, you I'm, I'm just eating it. All right, so here's I'm an just example. I was in DC yep. the past couple weekends, right? Mm-hmm. We were out to dinner late dinner, right? And it was mm-hmm. at this place that was like clearly a night life destination as well they had transitioned from dinner to loud music and like people showing up to party and all that and we stopped by because we were like close to the hotel or whatever we were like because we were originally going to eat at the hotel mm-hmm. restaurant we decided that they had pared the menu down to a point where it was not worth paying the money they were going to ask so we walked to a new place order like a sandwich like a sub and this they have a dessert pizza right like it's a pizza with nutella okay. Okay. on the menu nutella ricotta uh-huh Strawberries uh-huh. and banana. Okay. 
They serve it to us uh-huh. with only Nutella and strawberries. And they all said walnuts as well was on it. They forgot 60% of the listed menu items. Is that in your mind enough to complain? Yeah, it depends on what the complaint. What is the particular complaint? Excuse me. Right. This like, isn't what we ordered. Are, are you asking for a new dessert pizza? Are you asking like that it depends on what the ask is. Personally, in my, if in it were situation. up to me, I would have said, is there any chance we could like it doesn't even need to be made a whole new pizza, right? Any chance we could get yes, the that, other toppings? Right. That's a different thing. Like if I I'll go this way. If I order a Caesar salad, a chicken Caesar salad, and they bring me a salad that has no chicken, I'm going to say, hey, you know, I, I, I ordered a chicken Caesar salad. Oh, yeah, I can bring you some chicken to put on top of that. My fault, right? Like, that's a different conversation. It becomes problematic when it's, uh, I'll give you an example. I think that the way that it's, something is cooked is absolutely a great example. If it's dangerous, obviously, I'm not going to We're eat We're not going to eat like a raw right, piece correct. of it. I'm not going to do that. But if something's just a little bit off from the way that I asked for it, I'm not going to get involved with that. Because then you get involved with opinions and somebody who thinks that something's supposed to look a certain way. And you're just asking for them to be pissed off. And they've got your food. And I ain't getting involved with that. I'm th- you're just asking for a problem at that point. It's a problem that you do not need. Um, if I ordered something, I do not like mushrooms. I've made that very, I'm not a mushroom person anyway. If I order something and I ask, hey, but no mushrooms on that, and they bring me mushrooms, I'm not going to ask for them to bring me a different sandwich. I'm just going to take the mushrooms off myself. Despite the fact that I don't like the fact that I ordered a certain way and they didn't get the order right, it's just not, it is not a problem that is worth dealing with whatever might come from that because people get their feelings hurt they get mad at you and ultimately they're making your food and they're preparing and bringing your food to you and while i like to hope that at most places that i go i'm not dealing with terrible human beings people get sensitive about weird things and so the answer is no the other thing that people like to do is eat the food that was wrong and then tell someone afterwards it was wrong in hopes that they won't have to pay for it. That's not okay either. That's that's that you should res- you'd lose your right to to sit out there. If you eat the food, you pay for it. That's the way that it works. If there's a problem, say they bring you the dessert pizza and it's not what you ordered, you say, "Hey, if you if you guys are out of these things, it's no problem." We just we just don't want the dessert pizza. The problem is asking to not have to pay for it or hoping. Now, if the place goes out of their way and they're just that type of place and they say, hey, look, we know we screwed up. We'll give it to you for free. That's a different conversation altogether. But people try to pull their own scams. You know, this is the you trying to get extra food from, from the, t- the burrito store thing. No, it's not a scam. It's a scam. It's 100% not a scam. Not it's a, a scam. scam. It's definitely a scam. Not a scam. And the last it's, place it's that you should be... It's a scam. I agree with that, actually. It's not. It's a scam. Half is what chicken, it is. half steak, you get 0.33 more meats. It's a scam. Not a scam. It's a scam. The no, point it's like when you go and you, you ask for like a scoop of chicken, and then they do the scoop, and then you say, nah, I'll do double. So like you already get like one normal size. That's gamesmanship. You got you to gotta like sort. You got to get a good bang for the buck. For God's sakes, you got, there's something wrong. Because sometimes you get something you wrong. Get. This place is giving you so much food <laughs> at such a reasonable price <laughs> of all of the places to try to get one over on the burrito store. It's gamesmanship. God's right? sakes. It's all, it's all in the game. help. It's all in the game. All the game of you is the game. seek help. The game it'd be is like the game. Go, it'd be like going to a Chinese place and be like, you know what the problem here is? I'm just not quite getting enough food. <laughs> Jesus Christ. The game is the game. Glenn. No, it's not the game. Uh, I am 
I went one time the night that we uh, were telling my all, all of our we got all of our parents together to tell them that we were pregnant the first time, and we went to a nice place, and my my mother ordered a piece of fish, and didn't like she said she said that she had asked when she ordered it how salty it was, and they said not particularly salty, and isn't she, that just up to the chef? A hundred percent. I I wanted to I wanted to kick her out of the dinner. I wanted to kick my mother out of the dinner that was to tell them all that we were pregnant for the first time because she gets the fish, she won't eat it. And she's just sitting there miserable, like won't eat it. The person comes by, is there something wrong with the fish? I, you know, I just said I didn't, I didn't, I, I, I really, you know, I, you made it seem like it wasn't salty. It's, I, I, it's very salty. Well, we'll go back, because it was a nice place. Well, we'll go back and make another piece of fish for you. And I'm like, now we're all sitting there eating. She's not eating. Waiting on another piece of fish. We're gonna be there for longer on a night where they clearly need the table, and you know nobody knew that I knew that I had a gift card that I was using at the place mm. because, you know, I, it was a sponsor at the time. It was a place that I wanted to go for that reason. It was so I wanted to kick her out. I wanted to kick her out of the dinner for doing something like this. You ordered the fish. The chef prepared the fish. It's what it is. Eat the fish or don't eat the fish. That's the end of it. Couldn't right? you also like, like say rather than ask how salty it is? Couldn't you say like no, no salt whatsoever? Right. Yeah. Like make sure that there is right. no salt on the fish. Yeah. I, I, I just order something else. Find something else on the menu that you know for sure is not going to involve. Jerry steak. Jones asked that question. Correct. For opposite <laughs> Such a weird bit. I have such a problem with this, but no. Obviously, if I found. Um, if somebody was drooling in my food, I would definitely say, yeah. like, this is not going to work. It's still going to be but awkward because now you're accusing a person of doing something. And the way that we exist in this society, as I've dealt with a few times, is immediately to get defensive. And to immediately, no one ever wants to just say, hey, you know what? Sorry. My bad. Uh, she was just complimenting you on your taste. No, I think she was yeah. trying to play it off that it didn't happen. Yeah. And I was like, everyone I... is uber defensive. Right? Everyone in the world is uber defensive. It is... You can never just be, hey, I might have screwed up. You're right. Or, hey, this really is no skin off my ass. We're going to throw a bunch of food away. I, I'm not Jimmy John. <laughs> I'll just make you another sandwich. I love those sandwich. commercials, though, by the way. Who? With uh, Everybody Loves Raymond guy. Oh, they, they are not, they they are are not bad. Good. They are not bad. Also, why wouldn't you have just gone to Potbelly? You're in College Park. Potbelly's not good. Th- that's bull ass. They give you like four pieces that's of meat. Bull like four ass. little slices of chicken. It's like, here's your sub. Not, not, I've only gotten one sandwich from Potbelly, and I get order, it every time or, I go. Is it the wreck? No, I get the Mediterranean. The Mediterranean's a good it one. It is a good one. It's a good one. I actually don't think the I've had anything else. The wreck is a big winner. Big I'll try it when I go back. I issue with Potbelly. Go to the Potbelly. It's a fine sandwich. Also, the atmosphere in College Park. You had Jersey's Mike. I've never had that one. Uh, no, but I like the, uh, the, I was always a firehouse guy. Jersey Fire- Mike's is the best one. Is it? I think so. I think I had Jersey Mike's once in Arizona and felt like it was fine. Don't they do like an open sandwich? They don't have like a, they, it's like a, not a sub roll that's like cut in half. Uh, I know what you're trying to say. Yeah, they don't have specific like subs. They don't make the bread for the size they of the sandwich. cut the whole thing down the middle. So it's like your st- things can all fall out and slide out. Yeah. I mean, that's sort of, sort of that. Yeah. I got a problem yes. with that. Uh, I'm a big firehouse guy. I like firehouse quite a bit. Firehouse subs are good too. I enjoy a firehouse sub. Now I don't eat subs anymore, but when I was a sub man, I if would I get to get a sub now, I go to a, a like a private, like a place that's not a chain. You know? Yeah, I mean, I hear you. I hear you. But I think those can be hit or miss too. There's some good like spots. You got to know the spots. You got to know the spots. Screw with you. Good right, spot next, around here. Next. Um, so I know you're not big into uh, the preseason football, so maybe I can give you, maybe I can give you something to watch. No, you cannot. <laughs> not it's not related to preseason football. Okay. But maybe in past some time, there is a uh, this guy named Matt Amodia is um, 
he's been on Jeopardy for the last several weeks. And by the way, I handled my Jeopardy thing last week. I don't need to do anything more. It's a this is a travesty. This is an utter joke. This is among the dumb decisions. I get it's Jeopardy, so like it doesn't really matter in this the like the, the scheme of life. The money saving move. It's it's somewhere between a money saving move and. N- nepotism if you will that like he was an insider that had the ear of people like it all of it sucks this stinks to high hell this is one of the worst decisions that a television program has made this guy is a nothing he wasn't that good when he guest hosted he has no cachet he's irrelevant and i was going to talk about something i know get we'll get there and he's just a square jaw white guy like and they purposely gave people Someone that you might want. Like, if this was going to be the guy you are going to hire, just make him the guy. Let everybody get over the fact they don't want him. But don't give everybody other mm-hmm. options. Don't uh, don't allow LeVar Burton to host and have everybody realize they love LeVar, LeVar Burton and want more LeVar Burton in their life. He's not even the guy that I would have chosen. I would have just given it to Ken Jennings. How's the Ken, Ken Seiko for me? Ken, yeah, that's a good choice. Ken Jennings was good enough in those first couple of weeks afterwards that, like, don't even do this bit. Just let Ken Jennings be the host. He, he was quite fine at this. This sucks. This is terrible. This is a joke. Anyway, go ahead. So what I was going to say about it is, um, so I think there's... Tell some, me more so about Mad- still, Matamodium. So I would imagine they're still doing guest um, guest hosts until they, they fully finalize it. I think it's another couple of weeks. Yeah, so Joe Buck has been the host for the last couple of episodes. And... Um, get Jim Brockmeyer. Would have been a good choice. <laughs> Much better choice than this clown. <laughs> And um, oh, by the way, might be the nicest human being. I keep saying he might be the nicest human being on the face of the planet. It's just that he represents everything that's wrong. <laughs> uh, so um, this guy's been on the show everything for the people who in the world, more, in the more, world, more. everything that's wrong. So Matt Matt Amodio has been a uh, I guess he's been a contestant for the last two weeks. OK. And he's crushing the show. He's already uh, he's already made $440,000. Maybe he should be the host. He should be. He knows it. He knows all the information, but um so in the last 14 days he's accumulated $440,000, which puts him in fourth place all time in Jeopardy earnings. So it's Holzauer um, Je- Jennings, Ken Jennings Holzau- is the first, and then James Holzauer and, and is then, it Brad Ritter is third or um, Julie Collins. Ah, uh, not familiar. Not yeah. familiar. Julie Collins. Um, here's the problem. I'm so turned off by this that it makes me not even want to turn Jeopardy on. Like, and I wasn't like a an every night watcher. I was like a hey, if we happen to sit down Just and put it on, easy to watch. Yeah, right. Like, Lord knows, I wasn't turning on the Orioles game. <laughs> um, like I would watch it, but this makes me want to go the opposite route, which is that like even if I'm sitting home and there's nothing else to watch, you're boycotting I'll, Jeopardy. Is what you're saying? Essentially, I'm boycotting Jeopardy. Like. It would take a long time of people telling me, no, this guy is actually really good for me to go back at this point. Like, I'm basically done with Jeopardy. Fair enough. He's got a ways to go until he, if, he, if he wants to catch first place. So what's, so what's he at? He is at $440,000. Yep. And on the rate that he averages per show, it's going to take him the next 78 shows to beat um, Ken Jennings. So Because Ken Jennings, this, is, he earned $2.5 million. This also show. makes you think that this is fixed. Because I agree. Because every now and again, they've got to get this somebody. This smells who, like, let's bleed this in to when Squarejaw starts hosting. And the people that are pissed will watch anyway because they want to watch uh, Emodium AD. Yeah. They want to watch your, your boy who's helping with the heartburn try to win shows. And that will overcome... 
the fact they hate the guy that's the host of the show. And it makes you think, it makes you smell a rat a little bit when it comes to this situation. I'm not trying to Unless be. Unless it's a too good to be true story. I'm not trying to be disparaging the old uh, Mr. Emodium. Like, he's, he's put out a fine product. The whole, I'm not trying to be disparaging towards him, but you can't help but have a little bit of a smell there where if Square Jaw really is starting in September, boy, does that not line up kind of nicely for them that they would have, sure, you hate the host, but you got to tune in. Because this guy's winning all this money, and then you'll forget about how much you hate the host because you'll just be paying attention to this guy. And by the time that ends, maybe you'll just be used to the host that you hated, and you'll give him a chance at that point. Just smells that way to me. That's yeah. all I'm saying. It has, it has an odd, an odor. I wouldn't put it past anybody working for Jeopardy if that was the case. A lot of people do wouldn't. things for ratings. A lot of people do things yeah. for ratings. You ever see a quiz show? You familiar with that? that it, there was a, a significant scandal once upon a time. Uh, in uh, in television game show in the television game show industry that uh, they made the movie quiz show about you should go watch yeah. it. Tim Robbins if I remember correctly was in the quiz show quite quite a good out. film uh, and lastly um, so with the there's been a, a ton of talk by the way I also think it was one of those what was the um, when they made like two volcano movies at the exact at the exact same time and two shark movies at the exact same time do you remember like Vaguely, I know it, it's not all that dissimilar to the concept of like they made no strings attached and they made just uh, what was mm-hmm. the other one? It was also the Prestige and the Illusionist. I don't remember that magician movies. Both magician movies. Prestige is really but good. They made like the they made the friends with, friends with benefits and no strings attached. They made it at the exact mm-hmm. same time. It was the exact same concept. Clearly, studios been pitching it at the same time. I believe that Quiz Show came out and at the exact same time they made another movie about the like the exact same concept. I think it was called Twenty Three, if hmm. I remember right. Um, I don't something along those lines, but yes, it's a good movie. Go watch Quiz Show. Is my point. Anyway, okay. three. Yeah. So the the third thing is um, that with with like the, especially with like the Hall of Fame ceremony happening a couple of days ago and Peyton getting inducted, it kind of brings up the conversation again of his, like he's never going to leave the game of football, and he's come out and said numerous of times he wants to be involved in whatever like capacity he could be so he's already had he has his own like football camp that he has it's a quarterback camp that's uh was founded in 2018 um but there's been hints that he may be coming back as you know like a broadcaster eventually or uh maybe like the team president or not a a gm kind of job like a front office kind of job um, or, or maybe even a head coach later down the line, but there's been a ton of uh, speculation that he might be next in line for uh, NFL commissioner. Um, so we all, uh, you know, we all love, all love Roger Goodell. I think he's one of the uh, biggest NFL fan favorites. What? Uh, it's a little sarcasm. All right, a little like, sarcasm. Hey, I was trying to. Um, no, I think he, for what it's worth, I mean, he's not. At all well liked no. by anybody in the NFL. I mean, you can see, you can so see name it. On. Any, name any commissioner who's ever been liked. I think Adam Absolutely. Silver is sort definitely of. liked by closest. the by NBA. He's the closest. That's I true. don't know the hockey. The I don't know NHL. I know baseball. Oh, is Gary a Bettman, hot they mess. hate him. Yeah, they hate Gary Bettman. They always um, have. Yeah, so I mean, so there's been people coming out and say, well, why doesn't he? Why doesn't he do broadcast? Because we know that Peyton's got the personality to do it. He's clearly knows the ins and outs of football better than anybody else. Um, and there's also been speculation that he could go into the, to TV, not broadcasting, but like you know, like the show on ESPN Plus, uh, Peyton Places. Yep. So he's got that show, which is actually a pretty cool show. I, I do like watching those. Um, and he's he's come out and said that he's not gonna like kind of 
delete the idea of forever never uh, being in the NFL. But it would be interesting to see because he doesn't really have the, the business background, I would say, to be a NFL commissioner. I mean, Roger Goodell, I'm sure, has got business background. Um, the Who was the uh, – blanking on the one before, NFL commissioner before Goodell. Paul Tagliabue. Yeah. Um, so, like, they've all come from, like, pretty business backgrounds. But if there's a guy – We were talking about this with Jeremy on Monday. A lot of people think that, that Peyton Manning was making his stump speech to one day yeah. be commissioner over the weekend. I you know, I, I don't really, ha- I don't, just don't really have a take about it, right? Like, do I think that Peyton Manning could be the commissioner of the NFL? Probably, he probably could. I think you do a good job. He too. clearly loves football, but it's a complicated job that we are bothered by certain aspects of it that really aren't the way that a commissioner of a league is getting measured. The reasons why we hate commissioners of leagues, that's not; those are not the measurements by which the owners feel as though a commissioner is doing their job the right way. The owners care about one thing. Are you setting us up to make the most amount of money possible? That's it. That's the only thing that if you piss off all the fans, if they boo you every time, that we don't care. We care about one thing. You work for us. Are you setting us up to make the absolute most money that we can? If you are, great. You can be the commissioner for as long as you want to be. Frankly, they don't mind having them take all the brunt of the criticism. Oh, they they vastly prefer it. (laughs) They vastly prefer the commissioner to be somebody that the fans don't like. I, I don't. I ultimately, I think that Peyton Manning is a great person to work for the league and sort of be an apostle, right? right. Like, go out and spread the good word about, be a goodwill ambassador for the NFL. I don't know if ultimately you really want to get into, like, you got you to gotta swim with some rats um, in order to be the commissioner of the National Football League. I don't really know if that's the route that Peyton Manning will ultimately want to go. What, what that job requires is kind of gross, Um pays well i mean like i get why certain people want to do it but if you're peyton manning and you're this beloved pop culture figure well, no matter what you're doing yeah I, I just don't genuinely i genuinely don't know if that's a job he ultimately really wants no it'd be cool to see i mean there because there's are rumors that the uh, big 10 commissioner would uh take roger goodell's spot um so there's like other commissioners in college that have been well, there's plenty of people who would take the yes, job yes no, there's no, no sure people about, would be interested um, in just being like the top, top like, Condoleezza like rice top. wants to be the commissioner <laughs> of the nfl if i remember correctly Condoleezza rice yes O'Connell angus all right good very good that uh, was young utes thank you very much young jack the final ever young utes tomorrow make sure you set your clocks all right, uh, tub- uh, Tidbit first. We do that first. Tidbit we is do. brought to you today by the Purple Takeover and Great Eights Memorabilia. It's coming to the Maryland State Fair. Your opportunity to meet the past, present, and future Baltimore football superstars. Lenny Moore, Ronnie Stanley, Hollywood Brown, Adafe Owe, Ben Cleveland, just to name a few. Ten in total. One $350 ticket covers all of the pictures and autographs with all ten Get your ticket right now by going to great8smemorabilia.com. Great spelled out, the number eight, letter S, memorabilia.com in order to get your tickets. Tidbit of the day, and, well, Chris Davis, guys. He's no longer playing baseball. I heard. It is what it is, but with his retirement comes uh, an interesting career coming to an end. It is interesting to note, of course, he is a left-handed hitter. He's the last left-handed hitter to hit. 50 home runs in a given season in Major League Baseball back in 2013. He did so. 
So I guess somebody's going to have to try and top him. I know that Shohei Otani is a switch hitter, so it won't exactly count the same. I'm not sure who would be most likely to eventually unseat him. Perhaps Juan Soto. I could see something like that happening. But Davis, also famous for his pitching appearance, he is the first player since Rocky Colavito back in 1955, or his career spanned through 68, to have had at least one win in his career and a hundred career home runs. Speaking of Otani, he will surpass that next season, probably. But still, it is still worth mentioning his place in the record books. Not only that, only Babe Ruth and Shohei Otani had more pitching strikeouts in a 25-home run season than Chris Davis. Of course, he struck out two hitters in that appearance against the Red Sox back in 2012. That was good for third place all time as far as unique players is concerned. That's remarkable, so, yeah, sure. Fun little fact. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Also, he has the third most strikeouts in an 162-game span of a career ever behind only Adam Dunn and Miguel Sano. So there's the, you know, not so fun. But Chris Davis, now that he's retired, well, he's not active, so take him off the list. But he was 35 years old, so it doesn't count anyway. Okay. He had 295 career home runs. Of course, Miguel Cabrera, one home run shy of joining the 500 home run club. The second place man, Nelson Cruz, still 60 away, which at this pace he might actually yeah, get Maybe, to yeah. It's not impossible. Worth. He is 40 years old, though, so... Still pretty up there in years. There are, though, mm -hmm. eight hitters who are halfway to 500 while being 33 or younger. Can you name them? Trout. Mike Trout has 310 at age 29. I was actually I was just trying to tell you what I wanted for lunch today. Okay. Can you get over to the, the, the roost and get me some uh, leg trout? You ever please? had smoked trout? It's delicious. I've had smoked trout. It's, it's good. Yeah. It's good. I mean, I'm not. It's good. Um, I'm trying to think about how old these guys are. How old is is Mike Stanton? Well, John Carlos Stanton yeah. is his name. Mike, thirty-one. Okay, three twenty-nine. He tops this list. He tops the list as far as the youngins are concerned. Relative youngins. I like Joey Votto. I assume is older than thirty-three. That he is. I assume Paul Goldschmidt is older than thirty-three. He is thirty-three, so he oh. counts. Is he on the list? He is. Oh, swell. Um, I would have thought he was older than 33 for what it's worth. Also uh, slowed a bit in his home run pace for what it's worth. Is Evan Longoria is older than 33, right? That he is, 35. Um, how about Hauser's Bounce? Hauser's Bounce. Man, I don't, I don't, I'm sheesh. I assume Justin Upton's older than 33, right? 33 on the dots. Second place on the list with 322. Really? I am surprised by that. I guess I forget that he started at 19. Jeez. Um, so you've named the top three on the list. Actually, top four. How many? And the there are two more? There are four more. There are four more. Jesus, there's still four more. Three more, excuse me. Three more. Uh, maybe... Freddie Freeman, is he 33? 31. Freddie okay. Freeman with 264. You're going down the line. Yeah. How about that? Well, not exactly. You did name Trout first. Um, 
Oh, there are three more. Excuse me. All right. What about um, what about Machado? Machado has two forty-four. Uh, Harper. Two fifty-two. Bryce Harper, okay. twenty-eight. I would Just say off the in. list, he probably is the guy that has second the second best chance. Yeah, you're probably right about that. Um, Arenado. 30 years old for Arenado okay. with 257 at 30, so he's still got a I chance didn't, as well. I didn't know if he was there either. You are missing one. Uh, probably a guy you wouldn't – maybe, I don't know. He'd probably think he's around that age. I think he's around that age. You Do you think I would think he was older or younger? It's odd. It's sort of a well, nebulous I mean, sort of thing. He's like uh, – he's been around for a while. Like what I'm saying is do you th- – do, are, are, do you – do you think that I wouldn't guess him because he? I would think he's too young to be at 250, or do you think that Probably I wouldn't guess more, him? Probably more. It would be more likely that you'd think he was above 33, above 33 if I had to guess. Okay. But it's also an idea that I don't know how many years of right, him being at a, a really high production me, level you would have thought he would have had to get there. Give me a division. Our current one. Current division. Hmm. No, he's not. I was going to say um, Mitch Moreland, but he's not in the division anymore. Not Mitch Moreland. Uh, oh, uh, J.D. Martinez. Indeed. Yeah. 33 years old. I, know. I would have guessed. By the way, I would have guessed he was older than that. Yeah. I would have guessed he was older than that. 259 home oh, runs. How about that? Very good. All right. Uh, Tidbit was also brought to you today by Mobile One. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. Tubular brought to you by the print issue. Less than a week in order to go get it. And Talia. Miguel Cabrera not in the lineup, so Drew was right. Ah, there you go. Talia Tungavailoa is on the cover. Go pick it up today at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find Pressbox, or read it at pressboxonline.com. Um, I, somebody, by the way, Jordan responded to my, my question about Chris Davis. Uh, will you be, ever be able to block out the negative and think positively about Chris Davis again? He said, because I'm not a child, yes. If, if you think that someone feeling negatively towards Chris Davis makes them a child, seek help. I mean, seek help. This thing where we think we're smarter than we are and where we think we're a better fan than somebody else is is as toxic as the other thing, which is where people are, are complete a-holes. The thing where someone hates somebody, that's not okay. The thing where someone says, I got to be honest with you, I don't feel a lot of positive feelings towards Chris Davis right now because I've just had to watch the worst player in baseball for the last few years suck up a bunch of money. That doesn't make them the problem either. You thinking that they're the problem is a toxic part of fandom, which is you think you're a gatekeeper. You think you get to determine the way that people are allowed to feel about certain things, and you've decided this. You have a problem. I don't know what else to tell you. I'm not telling you that you have to hate Chris Davis. I'm saying that people feeling negatively towards Chris Davis is really understandable. And I do hope that at some point that they'll, they'll feel some positive things towards Chris Davis, but it's unbelievably understandable to feel that way. Um, and the gatekeeping crap, which exists in a lot of places, is a toxic thing. I think I'm a better fan than other people are. Y- if you're not like me, you're the problem. Get over yourself. That's got to end. Here's what's coming up tonight. Uh, as Kyle mentioned, there will be no Mel- Miguel Cabrera in the lineup today for the Tigers, so there will be no 500 home run. But the Orioles and Tigers will wrap up their series <laughs> 4 o'clock today on Masson 2, Matt Manning against John Means. 
The baseball game that everybody wants to watch is the Field of Dreams game, Yankees-White Sox tonight at 7. The rest of the country can watch it on Fox. Here locally, you can watch it on my TV, which apparently is Channel 46, and apparently you get it. Probably you get it. Um, so you can watch it there. Masson's got Nationals-Mets uh, right now. MLB Network uh, for the rest of the country gets that. MLB Network locally, Cardinals-Pirates about to get underway. ESPN for coverage of the Little League World Series throughout the day. Golf Channel, round one of the PGA Wyndham Championship at three. Both Fox locally and the NFL Network for the Washington football team and the Patriots at 7.30. It's, it deserves that much attention. It's that important. Um, Summer League basketball throughout the day on NBA TV, ESPNU, and ESPN2, including Wizards Nets at five on ESPNU. Uh, Fox has, uh, FS1 has some soccer tonight, WWE Network for NXT UK at three, Axis for Impact Wrestling at eight. Some non-sports highlights. Uh, Jesus and Miro, 11 o'clock on Showtime. Brooklyn Nine-Nine returns, eight o'clock, two episodes on NBC. Do, 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 do. Jimmy Fallon has Kit Harrington. Who knows what he's doing now that he's not John Snow? I genuinely don't know. I don't either. Um, Colbert has Jennifer Hudson. ABC, holy moly, love it. 8 o'clock. Kimmel has Keenan Thompson. I don't want to say Kimmel, but it's Sarah Silverman. Uh, Regina Hall and the Killers. So pretty fun lineup there. And uh, Vice Land, Dark Side of the 90s, whatever the hell that means. Uh, if it's anything like Dark Side of Football, yeah. it's I'm going to pass. There you go. That was not a thing. All right, uh, Tubular was also brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3 to get roof and siding repairs for just the cost of your home insurance deductible. 410-401-9797 or C3America.com for your free analysis. Thanks today to Joel Corey. Thanks to Drew Forrester. Thanks to Blaine Knight. Thanks to Gus Legrand from uh, Live Casino Hotel. And thanks to Jamie Costello and yeah. Kyle for that lovely performance uh, earlier on in the show. We'll get all of it up in the greatest hits section of the Archives. tab at glennclarkradio.com. Uh, Kyle is out tomorrow. Our buddy Zach Goodman from the Bataround will join us. To New York, um, not city, but a city. Uh, Hamilton, you said. Yeah, Hamilton. Beautiful it's Hamilton, New York. Actually, we're so we're uh, I don't think anybody cares. People um, can no, track me. Uh, we'll talk to Jim Miller, former NFL quarterback, Sirius XM NFL Radio. He was out in Owings Mills this week to see the Ravens. Bo Smoko will join us, and we will Verona. Ah, can't wait. Uh, we will preview, quote unquote, the uh, the preseason opener on Saturday night, and. Stuff and things. Indeed. Stuff and things coming up as well. Thanks to everybody at Pressbox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including the U.S. Army, Glory Days Grill, Window Nation, Royal Farms, Chesapeake Employers Insurance, Exxon Mobil, KNS Automotive, C3 American Exteriors, Great Eights Memorabilia, Sports and Social MD, the Baltimore Ravens, the BMW Championship, Maryland Five Star, Bradley and Nikki Bozeman Foundation, your local Toyota dealers, and buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Kyle Ottenheimer, Sad Lonely Man. Follow him on Twitter, at K. Ottenheimer. Follow us. Uh, oh, yeah, don't forget, thanks to Young Jack. Follow us, at Glenn Clark Radio, on Twitter and Instagram. Have a great Thursday night. Go Birds. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks, too.